episode 96 midnight run from 1988 i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode is brought to you by motor coach industries at mci you work hard to take care of your business as far as it can go and they work hard to take it beyond mci wow mci so what do they do what is a motor coach like i know what the words imply but uh, for people who don't know who actually sponsored us today mci which is motor coach industries made the mc9 they made 6425 of those buses which is featured in this film very cool that's actually two episodes in a row where it's like numbers and a letter or letters and a number that signify the main vehicle, right? Not that, not that this is the main vehicle, but we had the DMC-12, and now we have, yeah. what'd you say, the MC-9? So, yeah. basically the DeLorean of buses, is what I'm trying to say. It is, yeah. But shout out to Motor Coach Industries. Thank you for sponsoring the beginning of Robert De Niro Week, which, one movie through, no spoilers, I will say that I loved it, but I will also say, I don't know that it necessarily it belongs in this lap. Same. However, no rules, whatever, who cares? I think that it was, like, on some car movie list, though, right? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, it's not a movie that we were just like, hey, let's do this movie. It's like you look up classic car movies or whatever. You know, whatever. We'll talk about that later. But, Joe, first, extracurricular activities since Sunday. I know that work has been beating you down. It's horrible. What have you been up to since Sunday? Nothing. I took a breather, did pretty much nothing, made some smash burgers on Memorial Day for Monday. It's getting warmer. I think that, like... It's getting warmer. Yeah, the heat is starting to... Get to the me. Heat is on, just like Glenn Fry saying. Yeah, it is. Nothing like that. Oh, I remember I talked to you on Sunday about that I thought that Smothered was back, but the episode that I watched was an hour preview or like a 30 oh. minute preview for the episode. So that's how they're able to do this. They're like, hey, we're going to do a preview for the thing that is basically a preview for the rest of the thing. So there was like an online preview, okay? There was like an on like TLC's website preview, and that was like a three minute like trailer, right? And then on Saturday night, they played like a half an hour to an hour long preview episode. And it just like kind of showcased the new people. But then on Sunday night, after 90 Day, before the 90 Days, they had the real episode. And it is wild. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> that's the only thing that I watched. Well, very cool. What have I been up to? Let's see here. What, what have I watched of note? Anything of note? Let me bring up the letterbox thing. Oh, so I finished The Last Dance. Okay, cool. So here's the thing. And I saw some criticisms of this. And I don't think it I wasn't as harsh on this. But they're like, don't confuse great source material with a great documentary. Oh, True. Which I think is a yep. fair thing, because like, yep. the footage, the access they have, the story they tell is amazing, but I don't know that the documentary itself is as good as like people are making it. Like, it doesn't have a great story. It, it, like, great documentaries, like The Thin Blue Line, right? Like something that's like put together. It's a documentarian's thing. You're right. Yeah, this just has great source material. I can agree with that. Like when, I, when we saw... It's when great. We, I mean, I'm assuming you saw the OJ doc made in America. That's a fantastic documentary because that's just like a holy shit. Like the way that they tell a story, it's like, oh my God, this is great. But here it's just like... like yeah. The one thing I was having trouble with with The Last Dance, and I don't think it's like, it's not a huge 
takeaway because you you get used to it but i feel like the structure of like going back and forth in time like telling the 1998 story but also telling the story of a different year it's sometimes hard to be like wait is this quote-unquote current day or is this in the past because it's like a weird nah that didn't bother me too much it wasn't a huge thing but it was just like a, i don't know when we are because like it's they don't like distinguish it's, it's, it well i agree with that like they'll show the sliding timeline yeah but like if you miss that you're like i don't know what like just like a thing like they're playing golf and it's like i don't know when this like not that it matters but i feel like it's kind of clumsy because it's not like a career spanning where it's like okay oj in college oj in the Mm -hmm. pros oj murdering blah 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 it's like okay this is 92 and now this is 95 can't you tell the difference it's like no not not really i mean it's like it's basically like they all look the same yeah he was bald the whole time and everybody like scotty pippen was still right next to him so like yeah the only differentiating factor is dennis rodman's hair but even that's changing too much to be like i don't know when we are but <laughs> that's very again, true minor yeah. a minor nit to pick if you like sports at all if you like basketball at all it's a great documentary to watch it feels 10 hours like it's not like they don't have enough material like it's no, they a didn't lot stretch there it. they had a ton of ton of source yeah. material and it's cool you get the interviews with michael jordan you get the interviews with phil jackson scotty pippen it works well yeah yeah i can see what you're saying though i also watched mcgruber have you seen mcgruber no uh mcgruber is kind of like a parody of like macgyver and all other 80s and yep. 90s action movies mm-hmm. and stars will forte it's dumb but it's a lot of fun i own the tv no wait, it's, it's somewhere maybe it's on stars it's not somewhere accessible I have the DVD, but it's also like on Stars or something. So if you have Stars again, it's like, damn, you're like the spokesman for Stars here, aren't you? I'm the I'm the, I'm the spokesman for Stars and for Showtime because, like, you know, yeah, that's they need right. A Showtime help. is the other one. Yeah, it's the two of them. The Stars app, by the way, is very it's very it's not good. So that's <laughs> it just doesn't load on Xbox. Like I have to reset my Xbox to use Stars sometimes. I'm just like that. This is not sustainable. Like, what are you doing? And then I watched the Apple today, which is a Canon film. This is you know for the film that's club right. that we run. Yep. This was your pick for the month because yep. you did you weren't too familiar with the Canon films. And I was like, this is yours. It's set in the distant future of 1994, and it's a musical dystopia, kind of a rock opera. It's considered one of the worst movies of all time. I think it's on Prime. A thing that legitimately makes no sense, that is one of the biggest fiascos in movie history, the Apple, I cannot recommend it enough. I'm excited to watch it. I love shitty films. I love films that are like, literally, how did they get, how did this get made? You know what I mean? Like those kind of things, so. Yeah, they covered this. This was also, there was a book called My Year of Flops, which was based on an article or like a series of articles on The Onion, or no, on The AV Club, sorry, The AV Club, which is the film criticism, like the actual like Mm -hmm. news source of The Onion. And this guy, I think it was Nathan Rabin, did this whole series where it was like he would watch movies that flopped, that just did not do well, that people hated, and he would determine if they were like a secret success of this, like, and actually this was like a good movie, like people just didn't understand it or whatever. If it was a failure, which is the worst part, it's just like, it's just bad. Like, there's no point. Or a fiasco where it's like, this is so insanely bad and like so wild that like, it's truly like the worst of the worst. Like, just like, you have to see this. And this was a fiasco. It's just like, I don't understand what's going on. So I knew about it from that because it was like one of the most like, you know, enthusiastic write-ups because it's like, what the fuck is the Apple? And then when How This Get Made covered it, I was like, okay, finally I need to watch this. And it does not disappoint. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is that HBO Max launched today, and there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. For your reference, all eight Harry Potter movies are on there. They just yeah. made this whole big deal to, like, buy those. That's cool. All the Studio Ghibli movies, like all the Miyazaki movies are yes, on there. Yes, I'm not yes. the world's biggest fan of, but, like, I've only seen a couple of them. So, like, I'm excited that they're all I need to watch legal to stream. I, yeah. I think, it's the, I think, I think, from what I understand, it's the first time in the U.S. that they're streaming legally anywhere. That's interesting. It's all here on day one. And, like, it's, you know, the HBO Max thing is pretty cool. I thought I was going to have to pay extra for it, but it's just free 
because they pay for HBO. So that's what uh, Adam was just saying. He said he has HBO Go, so his max yep. subscription was included. He he said the app is really nice too. I also do have two updates to things that we talked about last episode. That what? as we were editing and as I thought about things more, I have answers to questions for you. Okay. So in the Back to the Future episode, you asked me. What artist would I like to have? To perform, not to be like an actor, but yes, like to actually exactly. perform. We talk about these people a lot, and I'm surprised that I didn't think of it. I think I was just thrown off guard by the question. I didn't know where to begin. Okay. Although if I began where I thought while I was editing, I would have gotten there very quickly. But I got a two for one. Joe, I got an artist, and I have a way to take this to the next level, literally. This okay. is how you bring in Elon Musk, and you bring in Grimes. Because Grimes performs... And Elon Musk is like, Dom, let's go to space. Oh, That's a two for one. That's a two is. for one. You nailed it. That's awesome. Yeah. I want Grimes to just recreate the boiler room set. Yeah. Just that's Grimes. exactly what I want. <laughs> Playing Venga Bus over and over again. Elon, like, let's go. And like, she's performing a concert at SpaceX as the ge- as the team gears up. Yeah, it's like her in the background, but there's like one like see-through wall into like the engineering room and like Tej and Roman are like building rocket ships. And just Grimes is there with her, you know, just mixing things and putting songs on there and like, you know, Bieber and Nicki Minaj. And, Pregnant yeah. with Xenon Flux, baby. Yeah. X a twelve, please. Thank you. <laughs> is that is that the real? Is that how you pronounce it? Did it's someone... X A E, which is like the. It's pronounced Ash X Ash A dash twelve, but they just changed it to dash X I I, like Roman numerals. Still A twelve. It's still pronounced the same way, but X Ash A twelve. <laughs> God. I also do want to say answer, this is something though. I messaged you on Facebook today. What? When we were talking about in the last news update about Fast and Furious News, we talked about. Brian going to be confirmed for 10, right? We got this coverage. Yes. Like he's coming back. He's confirmed for 10. And we talked about how, like, they were the ones who knew that Han was coming back in 9. They were the ones yeah. who knew that Ryan Reynolds was going to be in Hobbs and Shaw, whatever. And we are like, yeah, cool. But we, we even discredited them because we were like, you know, he might say 10 or 15 things. He gets these two right and he rides high on those, yep. right? Yep. But then I was thinking today, <laughs> wait a minute. No one knew. No one even suggested <laughs> That Han was in nine until the trailer. Like we lost our goddamn. Like, everybody lost their minds. Yeah, there wasn't there was even like a like, hint. No, if there was an inkling of a rumor out before then, we would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. So they were right. Like it would have, it would have so ruined right. everything. So whoever this guy is, like, oh, I predicted Han was gonna come back. It's like bullshit, asshole. No <laughs> one likes the tuna. Like where are you? Like who are you to say that you got this like track record of being right? Because like no, you didn't. Say, I mean, you might have said it to your friends. Like I bet Han's in nine. But, like, it, it wasn't news. It's the ultimate troll, too, by the way, that, like, them writing it in the article, like, the same guy that knew that Han was going to be in 9, it's like, well, we can't, he never said Han was going to be in 9 to anybody of importance, so. Right. Remember that guy on Twitter who was like, I bet Kanye is going to name his kid, like, Northwest or some shit, and, like, that blew up? Yes. But people were like, he could have said, like, he could have sent out, like, 200 tweets. I was just like, I bet Southwest, Eastwest, or, like, just ever, and then, yep. like, deleted all of them and been like, oh, my right. God, look at me, I was right, right? Exactly. Yeah. He didn't even do that. It's not like he has a tweet. Like, you don't have proof. Like, if you had, like, a date stamp, time stamp, you'd be like, okay, at least you had the thought. But, yeah. like, there's no way to prove what – but it's just like, goddamn, like, we were all duped. We're always duped by these stupid fucking clickbait articles. <laughs> yes, we are. Or, like, the one that Wes sent us today. It's just like, Fast Five proves why Han had all that money in Tokyo Drift. It's like, yeah, no shit. We see them steal $120 million. <laughs> like, we know that. It's not a surprise. It's not a secret. No. Like, that's the that's the plot of Five. That is the whole plot, yeah. News. Get riled up. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're into it. I, I'm going to be into it until we get to rock the vote, and then I'm going to fall off a cliff. But, <laughs> Joe, we have a Patreon page on the show, Too Fast, 
to forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Ooh. Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so very much. Thank you, guys. If you want a shout out, if you want a pick, a movie pick per lap, you know, we're doing Midnight Run, not really a car movie, just, you know, throw your hat. Be like, it doesn't really have Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, we didn't announce that yet. I'm going to, I got to, it doesn't really have this Blank. actor in it. You could, you'd still do it, right? Remember Midnight Run? Like, we set a weird precedent, I think. But anyway, too fast, too forever.com. And ultimately, we want to talk about movies that you want to listen to us talk about anyway. So what the yeah. fuck does it matter? I was also thinking a future lap, and this makes sense, I think. It doesn't make sense for this show from afar, but in terms of people who listen, like one lap, okay, Joe, what are your 25 favorite movies? And we'll just watch them all. Ah, and then they're 20, my 25 favorite movies. This is like, at some point, like we're going to run out of like things that reasonably make sense. You know, yeah. like in six laps time. or whatever, right? Yeah, we got nothing but time, brother. We also have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we've got five emails today, one of which is a car picture from Jerry. So I'm going to oh, skip that for nice. now. Okay. But we add that to the, to the queue. But we have four more emails from four different people. First up, from Haley, subject line, hey fam. What up, Haley? She says, hey family, I hope you're all well and staying safe. While I was listening to episode 90, what was episode 90? Episode 90 was Tokyo Drift. Okay, cool. Okay. While I was listening to episode 90, I realized that it's more normal to not have called the police for any reason, but it just surprised me the difference in relationships between the public and police in different areas. Without yes. exposing major... De- also, between America and Australia, I'm sure, is wildly different. <laughs> yeah. Without exposing major details, whenever I've had to call both the emergency number and non-emergency number, I've never had a bad experience. Only once I've had an issue with police, and that was face-to-face in the police station. And to be honest, I think she was more of a clerk than a police officer. Makes sense. But I hope that if anyone has to call the first responder for anything, they're dealt with respectfully and with kindness. That is, unless you are doing the wrong thing, then, well, karma. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't calling them to try to, like, commit a crime with the police. I was trying to get this cat saved, so. Do you know about Crimer Show? No, what is that? Crimer Show was a Twitter account, which was amazing. It was basically like a cliche police drama, but it was on Twitter. Like, one tweet at a time, back when it was 140 characters. Not, like, broken English, but it was, like, intentionally misspelled words. Puppy was spelled P-U-P-E-Y, and all he would say is woof. And, like, it was this unfolding narrative over a series of, like, months. Crimer show. And they had merch and stuff. And, like, it was amazing. Like, it was so weird and good and fun back when Twitter wasn't, like, an entirely a cesspool. Yes. Yeah. I think it still all exists, or they probably it exists cataloged somewhere. it somewhere. Yeah, it exists somewhere. But Crimer show, sure. yeah. She says, I do hope I can join the next family watch party, but with you guys showing it on a Sunday night, Monday morning for me, it's a bit hard while I'm at work. Corona on a mm-hmm. Friday afternoon I can get away with. Watching a Fast and Furious movie with family is less likely. Well, actually, Joe, so, okay, hold on. This episode comes out June 2nd. Yeah. We gotta announce do you your birthday is next week. My birthday is next week. We should have done this already. We should have done it already. So this is Tuesday, June 2nd. Your birthday is Tuesday the 9th? Monday the 8th. So the weekend before, this upcoming weekend, we're gonna have another family watch party, right? I would like to, and we could do it Saturday night if you want. We could do Saturday night, which then means that people in Australia, like Jake and Haley and whoever, can join Sunday afternoon as opposed to, like, Monday morning or whatever. Yeah, that works for me. The next episode we're recording at the time... Actually, not even true. The <laughs> next... One of the next... I don't Fuck. We could either do the episode that you and I are going to record that Sunday, but it's a movie that I haven't seen I'm gonna need to actually watch, so I don't think we're going to do that. So I think it's just going to be a movie you want to see. So have you picked what movie you want to see? Or is it going to be a a surprise or are we going to announce it beforehand? I'm going to think about it. We can announce it beforehand. When we record this Sunday, when we record Ronin for the episode that comes out 
Friday, next Friday. Yes. Which will be the day... God damn, this is so confusing. <laughs> which is the day before the watch party. So the watch party is Sunday or Saturday, June 6th. Yes. And we'll send an email for this. Yes. So we will let you know next episode what we're going to watch. And I promise it'll be like a movie that probably everyone's seen. Actually, you know what? I think I know what it'll be. Do you want to tell me now or do you want to think about it? I want to think about it. I want to make sure that's my final choice. She says, I loved having Brian back for the American Graffiti episode. Same. It was a lovely surprise to hear his voice. I got to send this to Brian. Well, it was a surprise to us too. It really was. She says, all the older movies you guys have covered lately, I will confess to have never seen them. But they are now on my watch list, which seems to which seems to grow more and more every day. Well, welcome to the club, there, Haley. Yeah, don't look at Joey's. Better get back to work. Speak soon. Stay safe, Haley. XO. Well, thank you for writing in, Haley. And we hope that you can join this family watch party. And you heard live that we even like adjusted and picked the date for hopefully that you can make it. I will also say I'm just realizing as I'm messaging Brian. Brian is beloved down under. Yeah. Like we got, he's got Shawnee. He's got other Australian listeners for his show. Oh, that's right. He's got yeah. Jenna Guillaume from BuzzFeed who lives in Australia on his show a couple times. Oh yeah. Now we got Haley Lovin showing love his way. You know he's big in Australia. Next email from Hector. Funny story from a while back. Okay, tell us, Hector. What's up, buddy? Sup, Joey's. I'm just sitting when I remembered my dad was trying to order a McWrap from McDonald's. I don't know what the McWrap is. You know the McWrap? Yes. Yeah. It was. It's like it's like one or two tenders, some lettuce, a sauce, and a tortilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's no. Maybe I get that from Wendy's. Yeah, I, I get the KFC the made spicy one. chicken go wrap or whatever from Wendy's. It's the same thing, I guess. It's right. All this. I mean. It's a chicken tender and a, and a tortilla. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to order a McWrap from McDonald's before they were discontinued, at least where I'm from. He says, my dad has a moderately heavy Spanish accent when he speaks English. And okay. since he was ordering through the drive-thru, people don't always get what he says. On this occasion, my dad said he wanted a crispy chicken McWrap. However, the woman who was getting his order misinterpreted that he asked for, I kid you not, a crispy rat. She was laughing her <laughs> ass off. My dad, though, didn't get it, so he asked what was so funny. She told him, are you sure you want a crispy rat? Then my dad went red-faced in embarrassment. No. He was able to get what he ordered, and he got an extra small fry for giving the cashier a great laugh. My mom still brings it up to remind him about it, although my dad doesn't like it. That's all, so stay fast. Stay furious. That's a cute story. I'm sorry that your dad was embarrassed about it. That is a really cute story. And I like that, like, you know, if you're working at the drive-thru and you heard that, besides the speaker box, I get that he might yeah. have an accent, but even still, the speaker below, box. Below. Oh, God damn it. I uh, know. I was also thinking that, like, imagine if Linny was working that drive-thru window, she would have said, get the fuck out of my restaurant. <laughs> I don't, we don't order rats here. We, I hate rats. I can't watch this scene. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, that's a cute story. I like it. Yeah. All right. Next email from Jerry Robinson. Subject line: What's Vacation up, Spots. What's up, Jerry? Oh, cool. I want to hear what he's saying. Go ahead. It says, "Hey guys, at the end of the last episode, you were asking about where we were before shit went down. I went with my girlfriend and her family to Tennessee for a wedding in mid-March. Then when we flew back to San Francisco, that's when everything started to shut down. In mid-March too. So you were like real close to the beginning. Jeez. Yeah, because when I was supposed to fly down for South by, it was like. I think it was Friday, yeah, Friday the 13th, because that's how everybody remembers it. Like, that's the day that lockdown started, right? So, like, that was just, like, we weren't in lockdown yet, but it was just, like, oh, things are breaking bad. Like, that was when, like, yep. my cousin's aunt's brother works for the military. He says <laughs> that you're not going to be, it's like, god damn it. But, yeah, Friday the 13th was, like, the kind of the beginning of the end, sort of. I like Tennessee. Have you ever been to Tennessee? I've been to, uh, I've had food in oh god what's the city knoxville a couple times Uh, knoxville Knoxville. i've driven through nashville i haven't stopped in nashville and then i spent a night in memphis on my trip because i went to graceland Uh, i barbecued a couple different places too that's cool but my sister loves nashville my parents visited her in nashville they saw a casey musgraves concert in nashville cool 
Nashville. They're big cool, fans man. of the city. I want to go to Nashville. It's just I haven't. It's like it's like smaller than you would expect. It, it's pretty small. I guess maybe you could expect that. But there's like a lot of bars and like people drinking and girls saying woo so i mean just like letty in this minute we'll get to that jerry says when this is finally lifted like joe too i want to go on vacation with my ride or die and we were talking about either going to monterey a cruise probably not i would steer clear of cruises i mean it's never (laughs) been a better time to buy a cruise right now but just steer clear of cruises like there are certain things just like nope not for a while just not for a while when it started to break did i tell you that like my one co-worker was like bro we should get on a cruise ship right now like let's go right now he's like it's gonna be so cheap for this week and we're like but what if we can't get off the cruise ship and then like two or three days after he said that he was like yeah i'm glad we didn't go on a cruise like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is now like there's certain things like that where it's like if you have disposable money you can get like ridiculous deals on things but it's also like it's that way for a reason because it's not really safe like you probably yep. shouldn't be doing that yep he says train ride to seattle or maybe disneyland but i highly cool. doubt that one well i was actually just talking to a friend who's thinking about moving and i was talking about like how I, I when we when my sister and i moved down to austin we were between austin and portland portland oregon yes i love the pacific northwest and like yeah. basically they're kind of the same city but just it's cold versus warm yeah. and there's festivals and stuff down in austin but i would love to i think one day at least live or visit at least visit the pacific northwest again spend more time there because i was only there for a couple days especially watching that history of the seattle mariners thing on youtube i was like man i really want to go back to seattle because like there's just like a I've vibe out been. there which i think is really cool i've never been i really want to go see it too i was in seattle for all of three hours that's how long Ooh. i spent in seattle that's fun. I was in Portland, and then I went west of Portland to stay with a friend, and then went to Seattle for three hours and was out of there heading towards Montana. And I was just like, I'll be back one day. Uh, he says, or maybe Disneyland, but highly doubt that one. Disneyland, so Disney World is reopening in July. I think Disneyland is maybe opening before that. That's also tricky, where it's just like, it's, you know, it's out in the open, which is good, but it's... It, You're still going to be in tight it, spaces. It, yeah. Yeah. Pick your spots. I was like more about the, 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 the imagery, the mental imagery of it than like the reality of it so those were good answers jerry thank you i agree next email last email from west subject line furious seven what up fam what up Wes? those were a couple question mark of super fun episodes since my last email jeff was a great guest and i like this way of thinking about f7 as a transitional movie i just have a few things today so let's jump in i will make a point of order that his email is just as long as every other email so just a few things just means <laughs> i'm writing an email <laughs> says, first of all, in regards to the minute from last week, I wanted to point out that Jesse is part of the heist team. When they pick up the cars for the last heist, Dom says, all right, we're one man short. Letty, I need you on the left side. Then Letty says, something's wrong. We shouldn't be doing this without Jesse. So he's definitely with them usually. Ooh, that's a good point. We didn't think about that. That's true. But we're not there in a minute. I feel like my memory of the last 40 minutes of this movie are not good anymore because we haven't gotten there yet. Or maybe it's just by comparison because my memory of the first, although, sorry, Alex, once again, we don't, even the memory of the first 60 minutes is not necessarily good. We have a lot of things tattooed in our brains and we've gotten rid of a lot of other things because we have so, so many other things tattooed in our brains right now. What is it? it? Gas tanks for brains? Gas tanks for brains, nitrous oxide in our blood. Says, okay, now for the big argument. The whole Leon thing is wide open for interpretation, and you know I like to walk that middle line. My impression of the crew was always that Letty and Dom are a few years apart, and she's been around forever, living down the street. Yeah. Vince and Dom became friends in the third grade, like Vince says. And I imagine Leon and Jesse around Letty's age and showing up in their late teens at the earliest, like 1819. Okay. This ties into my image of 1327 as the Toretto crew house. 
When Mia says they showed up one day and never left, I took that to be literal. Like they showed up at a party or something, made friends with Dom, Letty, Vince, and Mia, and just moved into the house. (laughs) Whether or not that's true is impossible to know, but that's how I pictured it. I imagine everyone was living in that house together, so in that case... I also always thought Mia was going through the team history chronologically. Yes. He says, as far as Leon looking or feeling like a criminal, I don't know about that. If anything, Vince feels like a criminal. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't think that Leon's not. I just think that he's not necessarily inherently more so than Vince. Okay. Wes says, Leon feels like he's a bit mischievous, but I have a hard time imagining him robbing a liquor store or something. He's too much of a follower. I can see him being Mm. led into doing some rough stuff, but not coming up with it on his own. I guess maybe in that sense, I can see Joe's point. Yes. He seems more concerned about pleasing the person he looks up to than what his conscience might say, which might get him into trouble, but I don't think he's a born troublemaker. So my verdict is, I think you both have valid points, if only because we have no evidence to prove either of you totally correct. Uh, This is the long list of arguments that have no end. At least I didn't start this one. But for the record, Joe... (laughs) A feeling is not convincing, and I'm leaning more toward Joey on this one. Maybe I just have a soft spot for Leon? Question mark. Maybe maybe you guys just see too much of the good in people. He says, oh, and to cap that point, Joey, and this kind of goes to that, you referred to Leon as mysterious. I'd like to offer a counterpoint. He's not mysterious. He's boring. There's a difference, oh. though the two can be confused without enough context. And we don't see a lot of him to, like, really suss it out, right? But you got that feeling, bro. I get what Wes is saying in the sense that, like, he's a follower. I don't think that he's initiating crimes. But in the same sense, in the reciprocal, Leon seems the most approachable if I were committing a crime and needing, like, a fourth, third guy. Leon seems like the one that I'd be like, oh, he wouldn't even put up resistance. He'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. If you, like, went to pitch a new crime. I just want you to know that that is more of an argument than you had at all in the last, like, in that 10-minute thing a couple episodes ago. Okay. you were just like... Yeah, he just looks like a crime criminal. It's like he just feels like a criminal. It's like okay, yeah, but like, I couldn't, why? I couldn't, I couldn't put it into words. What I was like getting, like from his, you know, like when you're like somebody seems weaselly, and you're like, why? And you're like, I don't know. It's just like a, it's like an inherent feeling I have. But I also think like to that, and it might be an extreme. It could be like, hey, like let's all just like give up a life of crime and like become like Jehovah's Witnesses. He might just be like. Yeah, sure. Like if you guys are down to, like it just feels yeah, like to West Point, exactly. you do whatever. It's not necessarily, it's only be, he only feels like a criminal because he's around criminals. This is a feeling, so I know you'll get mad about it. But he also seems like he's the most likely to have been like involved in like street gangs as children too, because he just was like around a kid that was like, you know, stealing candy. And Leon's like, cool, I'll steal candy. You know what I mean? Just because he's like, yeah, whatever. But I mean, on the, on, the, on the flip side, he could have just been around, like, you know, youth Catholic group and, school. like, been a real god kid. <laughs> yeah, he could have. He could have been, like, a super prayer. Uh, you talked about movies and TV shows with the titular line. Anytime we hear someone say the titular line in anything, Mrs. West and I always refer to our one of our favorite UCB sketches. Yes. Have you, do you know this before I even continue? No. Do you know titular line guy? Guy who claims to have the titular line in several classics. Have you seen it? The end goes a little off the rails and ties into the episode's through line but it's worth a watch anyway so this guy is like he goes into a video store and he's i just, just like, can't believe i'm driving a car just keep your hands on the wheel meryl i'm just so tired of all this traffic i just can't wait till we get out of africa you're a really good driver meryl 
That is so fake. But just search on YouTube, titular line guy. It's like the only thing I've seen from that show, but I really, really like it. I've seen that a bunch of times because it's so dumb, but it's wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. Titular line guy. Actually, I'll send you the link right now. Hold on. Perfect. Thank you. Because he copied it in the thing. In regards to Dom racing Sean at the end of three, beginning of seven, I always wondered if he won because there's interesting implications either way. We're led to believe Dom never loses because he's the best, right? Yes. So he loses to a one-movie teenage character, then it's a big deal. But if he won, does this mean that Dom is the new DK? Which is something that we've talked about before. Yeah, wasn't that, wasn't, didn't we talk about it with Brian like a long time ago? So. Yeah, maybe like, on the ride-along lap. Does he get to keep the belt? Do you give it back? Is it like up for re, you know, like, can you can you claim the belt back now if Dom's not there to defend his title? Oh, speaking of belts and speaking of actually this ties in multiple ways, what? but Brian and Ride Along, the Mikester, just did a two-hour, 17-minute, two-f, two-f length, a two-hour, 17-minute episode about blockers, which, of course, has the great WWVDD scene. Yes. Um, but it's also just a great movie otherwise, but they talk for literally 37 minutes, I think, <laughs> or maybe 31 minutes, about John Cena and wrestling and his return to the ring and everything, and so, like... Oh, very cool. Brian messaged me, he's just like, how do I, how should I do this? Should I release it separately? I was like, no, just, like, keep it in, like, it's your show, do, like, you know, you and Mike is gonna be fun anyway. Yeah. I was like, maybe add a disclaimer, like, and they'd be like, hey, this is not about the movie if you want to skip it, but, like, if you care about wrestling, and I feel like there's probably a lot of crossover between wrestling and too fast and, and the fast and furious i think i'm guessing if you Kinda, want if you yeah. care about that listen to that ep- plus i mean it's it's mike and brian who you know everybody You've likes heard. everybody knows yeah. from the show the blockers episode of high school slumber party is a very long episode and if you really are craving wrestling content there's a very very long where they don't even mention blockers it's like they were talking about <laughs> a completely different thing you'd saying about getting the belt back just want to say, throw that out there that uh, if you're looking for a pod, as though we don't give you enough already, too much, too much already, the High School Summer Party episode of Blockers was a lot of fun. Cool. Wes goes on, Twinkie tells Sean he's been beating people all across Asia. How many titles does Dom have internationally Ooh. that we don't know about? Yeah. Well, he has like one in Cuba, right? Because mm-hmm. he beats like the fastest guy in Cuba. Keep your car. Your respect's good enough. Yeah. Um. In, like, London, he beats the guy, right, to get the cars. You're right. He must have, like, a ton of it. In Brazil, they do. We don't see it. They just cut away, right? So, yeah. like, and if he's beating all over Asia, yeah, he's he just, everywhere he goes, all he does is win, win, win. No, <laughs> no matter, matter what. what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, my last point's actually something I was thinking about regarding fate. We talked about it a little, if the plot was supposed to revolve around Brian or, or not. But for the first time the other day, I really considered what fate could have been if the story was the same but if Brian was still around and I got super bummed. Whether or not you think Dom turning on the family is a compelling idea, just imagine the stakes involved if Brian had been the one who was betrayed. They tried to put that on Letty in Fate, but it didn't work as well because for better or worse, Dom and Brian is the true love story of these movies. It would have been like a reverse of Brian betraying Dom in one, but also Brian would understand because Dom did it for his kid, and Brian would do anything for Jack and little Giselle. By the way, did we know Brian and Mia's second kid was named Giselle? Is Am that I true? blanking on this reveal? I, I don't know. No way. I don't know. Is it real? Is it Brian like written and somewhere? Mia's second kid name. There was uh, no reveal because we would have been like Brian and Mia's about... baby on the Fast and Furious wiki. A me and Brian's baby, a boy or a girl? Because the videos on YouTube show it's a girl. Please help me. Oh, this is from 2015. They have a son named Jack. She has she so she has a girl because she says it's a little girl when she's on the phone with that awkward phone conversation. There's a wiki for Jack, and his top quote is "Cars don't fly." Jack mimicking Brian. 
Oh, good. Yeah, that works. I'm seeing it. There's no. There's nothing about his. Where did just Wes? Where did you get this information from? Let me go on. Let's see if he responds. I feel like it could have been some really great character moments. Oh, this is Brian and Fate, and now Fate will be a movie that also makes me very sad instead of one that's just fun but kind of misses the mark. Well, that's all I have for this week. We might keep going on some classic car movies. Mrs. West wants to watch the OG Italian Job, it's and our fun. friends want to watch the Cannonball Run with us. Oh, cool! Because Both. they've seen good. it and really like it. Perfect. I'll report back on how they go over. Until next time, stay furious. Yeah, let us know, Wes. Yeah, and also let us know what's going on. Hopefully he responds in this episode, we can say, because, like, I can't find anything about that. And, like, so they're just going to name their babies. Okay, at the end of eight, when they're like, hey, meet Jack, meet Brian, right? It's like, well, yeah. you shouldn't name them Paul. Like, it, Brian's not dead. Paul's dead. Like, it's a different thing. But I get that, right? But, like, are they going to name, just keep naming babies after people who have gone like is they should he couldn't name them han and this is all weird it's all weird i don't remember where i read it i think i googled it says wes okay please find it again because it's driving us crazy <laughs> that's all the emails for today if you want to email us family at cageclub.me just send us a note drop us a line say hello rankings where you want to go after after quarantine is over whatever yep. you want to do family at cageclub.me also leave us a review on apple if you have not already please thank you so very much on the streets joe Yes. News about the Fast and Furious. Anything you've seen since Sunday? Absolutely nothing. Rock the vote. The Rock president. America hits rock bottom with President Donald Trump. That's a play on words, I guess. Yeah, close. So there's a lot of things on here that are very anti-Trump that have nothing to do with yeah. The Rock. And I've searched Dwayne Johnson president. Still about his book, nothing here. So it does not okay. seem, once again... Like he is running this running president. The last thing to do before we talk about Midnight Run is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 63. I have two titles for this. Go ahead. I have either RIP the Fast and Furious Minute from 2020 to 2020 or Baby's First Montage. I like RIP the Fast and Furious Minute 2020 to 2020. There was the episode of Sunny where like D, I don't I think they're like, I think she's trying to scam. It might be the scamming episode, but they have the funeral for the baby that she never had. And it just says Barnabas Reynolds 2016 or 2018 or whatever it is, dash too soon. And it's just a black and white picture of a kid who was not there, not her kid having a funeral in Patties. So he's a comedian now, like more famous than he was, but he used to do these videos called Blake Vapes. Did I ever make you watch any of these? And he was just like exactly what you'd imagine. And he like did this one. He was like outside with a shovel and they're like, what are you doing? He's like digging a grave for my haters. R.I.P. 2018, 2018. <laughs> like, it cracks me up, and that's what it made me think of, so that made me really laugh. I like that title better. R.I.P. The Fast and Furious Minute, 2020 to 2020. 2020, yeah, exactly. Hey guys, Joey here. Real quick update. I'm not dropping the audio for the minute in this episode because it's just a minute of the song Debonair by Dope, or Dope by Debonair. I already forget. I'm so sorry. I'd rather not have another copyright claim by YouTube on this video, and uh, you're not missing anything in the audio. Anyway, here's a quick impression of Joe doing the song. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So the reason that title is because, although, uh, okay. I've been warning you. This is, and Joe, you were right. You you have been warning about this minute. Uh, yeah. It's going to continue, because this is not the end of this. But no, the baby's and it gets first montage, worse. The reason why it's RIP is because this there's more going on in this minute than maybe the last five or ten minutes combined. But nothing's really happening, and everything moves so fast. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, but also, like, there's, there is a lot happening. It's narratively a lot. So there's a couple weird... Hold on, let me, let's, we'll get to it in a second. So here's what actually goes on. So we have Brian, Tanner, Bilkins, and maybe Muse... Maybe. ...join the Metropolitan Police swat as they gear up. Yep. Brian dons a face mask and gets some pre-takedown encouragement from Tanner. 
SWAT finishes gearing up atop the parking deck of the MacArthur. They roll out and enter the restaurant where Lance and others are eating. Meanwhile, the team yes. is hard at work on an eclipse. Leon works on the tachometer. Yep. Dom carries over a canister of Nas. Yep. Letty rolls out from working underneath the car. Then, Dom and Letty get cozy with some post-garage work fanfic-esque activities. Oh, yeah. Letty says something to Dom that we can't hear and then tears off his shirt. They make out against the eclipse. Then Dom lifts her by the ass to carry her. Yes. Letty waves a rag like, yeehaw, cowboy, as Dom moves him to the couch. <laughs> Letty wipes Dom's brow as, as he sits down, then nestles his face into Letty's chest. She lays her head on him. Then, yes. we see Lance eating a meal with two other men at the New Saigon Mall. As the team raids the restaurant, Lance tries to run out the back. Minute ends. So what's interesting, I think, is that we see basically the actual criminal ring that we know is the criminal ring. We're going to learn is the criminal ring is Dom's crew doing their thing, not doing criminal activities, but they're doing the cops and the police and the FBI, this combined task force, yes. which, by the way, update has at least 24 officers. I think I said 13 last time. You can see at least 24 in this one. Okay. Huge takedown team. They're doing so much work to take down the other crew, right? Johnny yes. Tran's crew. They send at least eight guys to take out Lance. Like, that feels like overkill. And I'm curious to see how many well, other locations... Well, they have guns. They have guns, right? We know that Johnny Tran's crew carries guns. But they're eating in a... Re- they're eating like in, a, in an Asian restaurant in a mall like you want to eight armed guys yeah i mean they might be armed there's three there's three possibly armed criminals at this mall i also do want to say that one of them has on this on the back of his jacket a big word that says <laughs> vietnam <laughs> it's like yeah i wonder what ethnicity they are not like a veteran's jacket it just no, says... like my family is from vietnam that's where i'm born and raised that's my heritage that's my ethnicity although to be fair it's probably in like a quarter of a second right it's just like you being from new jersey you know that the italians do this all the time that just like wear a shirt that just says like italy like real big on the back of it and you're like okay cool so i just i think it's funny that like we were accidentally racist and it's just like oh if we had just gotten to this minute, minute. Known, yeah for sure so this is a joint fbi swat police takedown i want to see how many more like, we're gonna we're, they're gonna take down johnny tran but i want to see if these 24 people or however many people about 24 are split into different people it doesn't they seem are. like they, no they crew out it doesn't seem like anybody we know this is just like eight generic cops taking down lance yeah because brian goes to johnny tran's house in the next minute is he with tanner and bilkins i think so okay what's interesting to me is that the car that they roll up in so there's the eight cars there's like four sedans and four suvs and then yeah. the car that we see approaching during the last minute is brian tanner and bilkins and maybe muse then they get out that car seems to be left there so like hey we're here we're gonna leave this car we're gonna <laughs> take the rest of them we see the other eight move we don't see that car move i don't know it's just a weird yeah. little detail but let's talk about for the second is this the most sexual minute in fast and furious history Probably, right? Minus Giselle sitting on Han's lap. But that's even, like, to use your word, like, in the realm of sexuality, I think that's closer to wholesome than, like, lifting your lover up by her ass and then, like, burying your face in her chest. Yeah, you know, but we got Brian hooking up with me in the last minute, so. But yes, this is this is the most overtly sexual with a ton of masculine energy. And feminine energy. Like, like yes. Basically, Letty and Dom are in, like, a BDE competition right now like who's got bigger dick energy right now because they are both the way that she rips off his shirt and he's just like yeah let's do it like that's it's uh it's ferocious it is i also do want to point out that there's a weird did you notice a jump in time i did only because and you're getting to something that i wanted to talk about leon is there and leon is working on the supra brian's new orange okay 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 every other time like later on you see dom and letty 
working on this blue eclipse that we had never seen before. And I had a new theory that I want to propose. It's very mild. Is Leon in an alternate universe? Oh, it's wild. I thought you were going to say he's in an alternate universe, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's parallel timeline. Interdimensional running. Fast and Furious, but go on. We know that Brian fucked up his eclipse that he was supposed to give to Dom, right? Oh, but they yes. blew it up. I was thinking possibly this eclipse is Brian's green eclipse that they're rebuilding. Oh. But if the car blew up, I mean, it's not it's not impossible, right? This is where I can't help because yeah. I don't understand. Like, the car that they bring, right, that Brian brings to the garage, the 10-minute car, like, yes. looks beyond fucked. It also looks like, remember at the beginning of Gone in 60 Seconds, the original, the car that they buy for $300, they're like, how are you going to fix this up? And they just don't. Like, it looks on par with that. So I don't know at what point, I guess it comes down to, like, is the body salvageable? Is the engine salvageable? And if so, it's worth it? Yeah, it's more engine. Like, they're they're trying to save the engine. They'll find, like, other body panels and pieces. That would be weird. Like, I guess they're outside Tran Wings West? Trans Wings West, right? Yes. I think in that, in that parking... I'm just trying to remember the quiz now. In the, in the parking lot with the Confucius statue. Yes. And the car blows up, right? Nas, run, yell, shoot. Yeah. Where does that car go? Like, do they send That's a what I'm tow saying. truck to pick it up? Or do the cops take it because it's evidence? Do they, like, do they run? Like, I feel like the car blows up. And cops they run. Cops are going to get there before, like, Vince or Leon with a tow truck. Yeah, but... I feel like it might be... It might just be gone. It might be, or that might have been a place that, like, nobody notices at night, Mr. Right? Nobody Notices? Mr. Nobody Notices at night, and they, like, have to go back and pick it up. Because it was, it was in the parking lot of Trans... Of Trans Wings, right? So, like... Maybe they just, like, went back the next day and were like, okay, we're going to tow this car out of here. Or maybe Johnny Tran was a nice guy and, like, towed it to them. Like, keep your piece of shit car that I blew up. I mean, they all have garages. He might, he could have. Yeah. Hector could have went to go pick it up. Who knows? So here's here's how I noticed that there's a time jump. Because, well, first of all, Leon's there and then Leon's not there. Yes. Right? Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. way that they're cutting, like, okay. So they're basically cutting between two things. Like, we eventually then cut to Lance, too. But that's sort of the continuation of the first thing. But they're cutting back and forth between what we saw last minute. Brian and Chris arriving, gearing up, going to take down Johnny Tran and Lance and everybody, right? Yes, so that's cop-wise, cop-like. And that all takes place over the span of probably 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? It's like them yeah. getting there, gearing up, going wherever they need to. They probably geared up near where they're taking people down, right? Or like a central location. Yeah. So that's all kind of in like real time. But then intercut with that, which we're led to believe just by the nature of storytelling and visual editing, is like happening at the same time, we have a team working on a car. But the car changes, Leon's there, then he's not there. Yep. Letty and Dom both change. Like, Dom has his, like, wife mm. beater on when he brings the Nas canister, and then we cut back to him, and, and he's... Like a button-up shirt. The mechanics, like, the jumpsuit on. Yeah. And Letty has on, like, her gray tank top, and then we cut back to her when she and Dom are making out, and she's got that same tank top on, but she's got, like, another shirt on top of that. And so I don't know if, like, this was two different scenes. Like, they had two different scenes, they just cut them all together because they needed, like, more stuff for the montage. I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, a, a passing a passage of time during the day. Yeah, they're saying that, like, I think it went from, like, morning to night or two different days. But I just feel like it's clumsy storytelling. Like, it's not bad. Like, it doesn't, ultimately it doesn't matter. But I feel like it's clumsy storytelling. It's clumsy editing because you're. this is not how you're supposed to do this kind of thing. Because it's not supposed to be like, this takes place over the span of, say, 
three hours and this is over the span of 20 minutes like if you're cutting back and forth it's supposed to be kind of just like in the in the world's longest runway or whatever it's like the well, how timing, is this yeah. how is this runway like 12 miles long it's like well it might not be because like everything we're seeing is all in theory happening at the same time yes so them shooting the harpoons and them on the thing and chasing or whatever like that's also like it could be like a third of the duration here when you're going back and forth it's like this is all happening at the same time except it's not and again doesn't matter but it's just weird it is weird yeah i agree i want to talk about the mall but what else did you notice anything in the in the gearing up or in the garage before we get to the mall where lance is eating anything else that you noticed of, of cool stuff it was like just more stuff like more stickers and stuff and dom carrying the nos but i want to talk about the mall too the mall is called the new saigon mall new saigon mall yes and it looks like the only thing open is the food court it seems like it yeah because every store has like the mall the classic mall like silver fences down yes there's i, I counted the number of people there's there's like 15 people inside and another nine outside so there's a bunch of people it feels like it's a weird maybe time of day for like a food place to be open unless it's like a dead mall have we talked we think we talked about on here like yeah dead malls empty malls mm-hmm. and how that's weird but it feels like this is kind of like a pop in place for no stores to be open yeah it's it's strange i'm i'm assuming it's more like uh an asian grocer like an asian grocer that has mall stalls in it are we led to believe i guess we maybe we don't know is this in the same strip mall? Remember you found that strip mall? Is this there or is this somewhere else? I'm guessing it is. I'm taking okay. a wild guess that this is like Trans Wings East is right outside. Wings West or Wings East? Because I don't remember. That's a question. I, that's one I got wrong. I said East. You said West and I was right. Oh, it is Trans Wings East. You're right. So Trans Wings East is like right outside in the parking lot. And then there's like that strip mall there. I'm assuming that this is part of that. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Remember when I took you to Beard Brewing? The one in Connecticut that's like in this oh, kind of Oh, it's like, like the bar inside the warehouse yes it kind of feels like that didn't it so i was also i mean again things i would never pay attention to while watching the movie because this is like a shot of like three quarters of a second and then they're cutting and they're cutting and they're cutting and they're cutting back and forth between this scene and outside and dom and letty and it's like you're not supposed to pay attention to like the camera angles and stuff yes but like Every time they're cutting to a new angle in the food court, it's like, it feels like it's in a wildly different place. And I know that it's not, but it's like, okay, this is clearly a mall. You can see the stores. And yes. then there's certain angles where it's like, it looks like it's just in the middle of a warehouse. And then and you it cut looks around, like... it's just like, just like in a restaurant. Like, it doesn't look like it's in a mall at all. It's just like, oh, it's it's, it's very weird. It looked like a school cafeteria to me, like, at some points. Like, when it turns some places, you're like, what are they doing, like, in this, like, like a Knights of Columbus? Oh, you know what? It says that. It says that on the outside though it says little saigon blank citizen association i can't read the the word in between so yes that's why i was getting those vibes too gotcha a pool hall a volunteer fire department you know what i mean one of these kind of things yeah where we ate at cheesecake factory before we saw hobbs and shaw in the basement of the mall that's kind of like i was just thinking like it's weird to have like outdoor quote unquote outdoor seating which we were also making fun of at the fridays there at the mall because yes who the fuck cares about outdoor seating at a mall you're still inside like it's not like you're outside and you're also like looking at them you're just in you're just deeper into the mall without right but like it's weird to me to have like outdoor seating like that close i feel to the exit like i maybe (laughs) not but it just feels like just weird setup like i don't know what i remember about what you found is this strip mall is like this whole like asian cultural center that's mm-hmm. like restaurants and grocery stores and whatever and, yes. like it's very really possibly could just be the setup but it also feels like oh we just have this corner of a warehouse like uh that's what i thought too like a garage or something which is like okay we can just throw these gates down like it looks like enough like short stores whatever we'll throw a couple tables here it's just it's a weird like kind of want to i just want to zoom out <laughs> same like, oh okay i see what's going on here like i think it's actually in a mall but it also could be like 
any number of things that are not a mall. Yeah, you put up, like, one little fence to, like, rope off, like, the food court, and and you could have put this anywhere. And I think that it's shot in a way that it's close enough that they probably did do something to it, because if they if it was, if it, it was an existing structure, they would have possibly shown you more of it. I think so, yeah. I think it's like we're very carefully choosing the angles so that you, you, you don't think that we're making a movie, that we're like, yeah. oh, no, this is like a real restaurant. These are real characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Is there anything else of note? I mean, and also before... Before you get the Two trivia things. question, I haven't even thought about the trivia question because I haven't. Like, there's so many things that I guess it could be. Okay. But anything else you want to bring up in this minute? Click the link that I posted here. Did you click it? Global food. I think that sitting on the table in front of Lance is two things. One, we know definitely hoi fong sriracha, right? Like okay. hot cock in a bottle. We know what it is. It's definitely that. Like little green top, whatever, whatever. I think next to it, the other sauce that they're using is Lee Kum Kee hoisin sauce. We looked at this bottle. I called over my local condiment expert, Rachel, had her look at it. And she did say that the top of the bottle in the movie is yellow, not red. But I said, look, this is a modern bottle. They might have changed (laughs) the color of the bottle. I'm unsure. But does the bottle not look very similar to the one in the minute? I'm watching the minute again right now to see. I also do want to point out, like we did not mention, but like Vin Diesel in ridiculous shape in this scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Letty in great shape too, but like the shirtless is just like, oh yeah, like I get it. Yeah, he's huge. Like this is like, again, we've talked about his transformation. Now he's just like, he's lit- almost like a, a square. You know what I mean? Like he's just so, like he's not out of shape, but he's just like, just thick. Like here he's just like, he's like action star movie cut. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the label definitely for sure looks like it. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's the yellow label, the yellow rectangular label on the red label at the top. Purple, purple the stripe shape, underneath. The shape of the bottle changed a little bit, but again, that changes over it's time. It's similar. It looks similar enough, right? Yep. I'm going to go with it's this until somebody can confirm otherwise, so. Where do you fall on that jacket? Do you want the Vietnam jacket with skulls all over and dragons, or is that not, like... <laughs> I don't think I could wear it without being, like, without culturally appropriating it, but I do find it enjoyable. Because that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, hideous or, like, cool, cool like, early 2000s throwback. You know what I mean? It's I like, like, oh, I like it. It might be too much. No, I like it. It's, like, it's, it's tacky in the right 90s kind of way, so I like it in the, like, early 2000s kind of way. I enjoy it visually. I, I would never have one. I'm just watching one more time to see if I can pause on the on the first shot, because we see the table in two different shots. Yeah, but you don't get to see the good shot of the bottle except until the second shot. Why are they even bothering making the movie? <laughs> I know. Cut. <laughs> Re- reshoot the scene. I didn't get enough shot of that bottle. Oh, yeah, because, oh, from the bat, well, Okay, yeah, from the back, it's hard to tell. They got the two Coca-Cola cups. Two Coca-Cola cups, they yeah. Got, they got the sriracha, probably, right? They got the Definitely napkin sriracha. container. It looks like it has chopsticks on the side. The napkin holder looks like it has chopsticks, like, in the side somehow. Oh, like, on the pat, like, as a pattern. Yeah. It's like a red and yellow, yeah. You see it? Yeah. yeah. And then the other guy that he's with, because we don't know these guys, right? They're no. just, like, family or friends or whatever, right? Yeah. Because there's the guy with the Vietnam jacket, and there's a guy that has, like, the fisherman's cap with the gray fire flames <laughs> on top so of it. Awesome. And then, like, yeah. a shirt that matches. It looks like a black shirt with, like, gray fire flames all over it. Like the Guy Fieri special. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about Minute 63? No, I think we did it justice. It's fast. It's so fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm dreading, the next one even, I'm dreading the next one even more. So you said you had an idea for... Um, what trivia question should be? Yes. What car 
does Dom lift Letty up in front of? Or what car is Dom and Letty working on before they make out? That teeters on, and I, I know that I'm in the minority here because I most people, I think, know cars. But I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's like, you kind of need external knowledge. It's not like they're like, oh, no. clips. No, 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 you would know it. The thing is, I was trying I to go with it. the trick that it looks like they're working on the orange car, but Dom and Letty are working on the blue car. And your right. brain wouldn't remember that. That's the trick that I was going for. Right. Hmm. What kind of car? Not like what car, you know what I mean? Like, And you could do like the Supra, the Eclipse. I'm just trying to think because there's so many details in this. There's so much that goes on. Like, we could do, like, what is Lance doing while he's arrested? We could do uh, one of the men that Lance is sitting with while he's eating. It can't be the same question. They can't do both these questions. But, like, while he's eating, has a jacket on. What does his jacket say? Ooh. Like, I'm not saying this in place of the car. I just think that the car, because it's not like, I think there's, again, like, this is sort of the West thing where it's, like, balancing things that are actually, I don't know that people, like, like I wouldn't know what kind of car that is, right? Like, I don't know that as an Off the top of your head. Yeah, I get it. I'm not saying that, like, we can't do that question, because I think I that know. most people who like these movies, like, you know, know those cars, but, yeah. like, like, it's not like knowing the song where you have to look up on the soundtrack when you get home. Like, you might just be able to eyeball, I mean, it's also, I guess it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I know what song this is. Yep. I know what car this is. Yep. What is the name of the mall? Does it actually say New Saigon Mall, though? It says New Saigon Mall, yeah. Like, fully mall, not just New mm-hmm. Saigon? It looks like it's in, like, a weird kind of font or just you could do like what color is the car that dom and letty are working on with the pattern on the side no just what color is it because that's like that's the thing because it's like orange and everybody be like oh yeah it's the orange supra you'd be like okay. that's a throwaway one black or red this is actually a very very cool sign hang on let me show you the sign so the mall the word mall is styled to look like trees in Vietnam. Oh, it looks like a little pagoda. Like, it right? like, matches the theme of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think what we can do is we can do your car. I think I think car color is... Is fair? Is that better? Is, is easier, yeah, because I think that even people like... I'm not trying to make it easier for me. I'm just trying to make it easier for people like me. You know what I mean? That's, that's a good input. I'm okay with it. What color is the car that Dom and Letty are working on? Before they make out. So we could say blue, orange, white, black black yeah that works we can sort of reverse engineer do we want the answer to the second question to be new saigon mall do we want it to be vietnam or do we want it to be eating um new saigon mall or vietnam or do we want to have three questions because there's so much going on here i feel like this could we could have set precedent here for three different questions i'm fine with it when the police team arrives to arrest lance what word is visible on the jacket of a man he's eating with and what should these words be so we have vietnam um trans wings east okay afflicted <laughs> affliction we, we can say new saigon we can say afflicted yeah or is it afflicted or affliction what are the shirts called they're affliction t-shirts but is it do they say affliction the shirts that like the affliction t-shirts they say afflicted or affliction oh they them. say affliction okay affliction yeah where is the restaurant that lance is eating at located Trans Wings Plaza. Yeah. New Saigon Mall. Yeah. What was the other one called? Oh, fuck. From the other minute. What's the like the thing called before they blow up the car? From minute 28, they paved paradise, put up a statues in a parking lot. Yeah. What's that TNK place? Food Market. Yes. Yes. That is a good fake answer. New Saigon Mall, TNK Food Market. What was the, uh, the golden wing? What was the golden thing from the last minute? Like the thing that I found that was like the identifier for where the cha-cha-cha was. Oh, 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 oh. Well, what was that? Was Golden Hen. Yes, there you go. I got rid of uh, Trans Wings Plaza, although I kind of like that. I'm going to add this as a fifth answer. I'm gonna say, I wanted to add Little Vietnam Mall, too. Oh, okay. Little Vietnam Mall, New Saigon Mall, T&K Food Market, Trans Wings Plaza, Was Golden Hen. Perfect. Man, this is, who boy. <laughs>
those are some tough ones. And Three I think questions. Fair. Yes, I'm, I'm happy with these. Any other thoughts about this minute, or any other thoughts about anything in this opening segment before we take a break and start talking about De Niro? No, we did better than I thought we would have with that minute, honestly. It's just it's all about effort, honestly. It's just like how much how much time do we actually want to spend? Let me know how many of these questions your friends are getting right. My one friend already got two answers wrong on what color the car is, so that's good. <laughs> He guessed twice and goes black, and he's like, no. And he was like, orange? I was like, no. What color is the car that Dom and Letty are working on before they make out in the garage? That is blue. When the police team arrives to arrest Lance, what word is visible in the jacket of a man he's eating with? Vietnam. Where is the restaurant that Lance is eating located? Yes. New Saigon Mall. God, these are going to get so hard. 63 minutes, 70 questions. (laughs) It's so hard. Cool. All right, let's take a break, and let's come back to talk about Midnight Run. Episode number 96, Midnight Run. This episode's brought to you by Motor Coach Industries. MCI responds to your needs. They've gone over their coaches to make sure that they're better than ever, boosted their parts availability, strengthened their warranties, and examined all the ways they can go the extra mile to serve us better. Thank you, Motor Coach Industries. So this is Midnight Run kicking off our Robert De Niro week. And so we thought that Midnight Run was a car movie and that Ronan had a car chase. And then I was like, you know, while this was happening, and like, I'm every time I got into a car, I was like... Oh, so we got it. We got it in reverse. So like, this is the car chase movie, and then the car chase was like cool, but it was over in like three minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, well, not the next one. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, no, no. They're just oh. in cars a couple times. It's just a road movie. It's it's like a ride along. So before we get started on this, a couple background things. So this is directed by a guy named Martin Brest, who directed the first Beverly Hills Cop. Which, by the way, tomorrow on Third Times a Charm, Wednesday, June third, Mike is covering Beverly Hills Cop three. So very oh, nice, very appropriate. So this guy's made like eight movies that are all over the place. Food all over the place, movies all over the place. He also did Scent of a Woman, which oh, is damn, a Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. movie that Hoffman, that the Hoff Bros covered, that Brian and Kyle covered on their show. That's also oh, the movie Hoffman that kind of inspired is. Pacino's Hua. Like, I know. That's where he started doing it. Oh my god, I totally forget Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that movie. He's not a huge part, but yeah, it's, it's mostly Pacino and whatever. I don't remember who the main yeah, the actor kid. is. And the other movie of note that this guy made was widely considered... I talked about The Apple earlier being one of the worst movies of all time. This guy also directed Geely, that Ben Affleck, no J-Lo way. movie that was widely considered to be oh. the worst. There's like a whole oh. subplot involving like a mentally retarded brother that has played like the most, the, the poorest that has ever been oh, played I in know. any movie ever. Like oh, it's God. just awful in every regard. So this Geely's guy... bad. Geely's like, Geely's a bad movie that like I don't even love because it's yeah, like no, it's actually fun, bad. bad. It's bad, bad. Yeah. It's bad. I just don't know how, and I know it's based on the script and the guy who wrote this script, George Gallo, Jerry Gallo, Jerry Gallo, also wrote Bad Boys and he also wrote a Nicolas Cage movie called Trapped in Paradise which is fine. Oh, nice. It's just like a weird kind of comedy, heist comedy kind of similar, I guess, in tone to this. I mean, it's not as good as this, not nearly as good. I don't know how a director is able to make a movie this good or as good as Scent of a Woman and yeah. then turn around and make 
Gigli? Like, what the fuck? Like, what I have happened? no idea. Talk about talk about going on the downswing, right? Seriously. I also do want to say that basically a lot of the trivia is that, like, almost every actor in Hollywood was considered for, like, every part. It just feels like they didn't really know who to cast in these roles. And so they wound up with Robert De Niro, and they wound up with Charles Grodin. And they're great in this movie. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, this is definitely a fun one. So you had seen this before, but you forgot it. Yeah, I don't remember any of it, and, like, I remember, like, very tiny parts that my father would be like, oh, watch this, you know, like, things that would happen, and and I talked to him this morning about it, and I was like, oh, we're gonna watch Midnight Run tonight, and he was so excited, and his take on it was <laughs> very weird to me after I watched the movie, and he okay. said, all you guys need to do is watch the first ten minutes of that movie, and if you're not hooked, I don't think you should watch the rest of it. Oh, I mean, I did, I love the first ten minutes, like, from the beginning, I was on board. Like, I thought that he was telling me there's like an awesome car chase in the first 10 minutes so i'm like watching the first 10 minutes to try to see like what he was talking about and like it's like setting it up really well right like de niro keeps getting approached by everyone trying to see Mm -hmm. you know like to pay him to find this guy and i was like okay cool okay cool okay cool what's the part that he's talking about and then like the movie just keeps going and i was like okay (laughs) i think the first 10 minutes does i mean in your dad's defense i think the first 10 minutes does a really great job of setting up the tone because the story of this movie is that this guy who stole who embezzled $15 million from the mob. But gave it all to charity. But gave it all to charity, has skipped bail, and is now wanted by the cops. Yes. Wanted by the bail bondsman, who's played by Joey Pantoliano. Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano, um, who has the craziest hair I've ever seen him have in any movie in this movie. He's like got his like balding hair and like this long beard and just like weird long hair. And like it's it's a sight to behold. He was on The Sopranos, but he's also probably best known for being Cypher in The Matrix. Yeah, that's what I was going to... I thought you were going to say the guy from The Matrix, yeah. That's what I know him from. That's where, you know, he's exactly. great in that. Yeah. So he wants it because he's going to be out, like, $450,000 if this guy doesn't come back. And he's also wanted by the mob, who is pissed that he stole $15 million. Yes. And so Robert De Niro plays a bounty... And this guy's played like Charles Grodin. So Robert De Niro plays, like, a bounty hunter, and he is tasked by Joey Pants to go find this guy, bring him back. In the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, he's like, cool, got him. And then yes. like, they get on a plane, and he's like, yeah, I'll be back there in, like, three hours. And like, wait, already? Like, what? It goes from one thing to another that the guy's afraid to fly, but it turns out later that he's a pilot, and then they get on a bus, and they get in a car, and there's all this, you know, every, like everything. It's basically planes, trains, and automobiles, that John Candy movie where yes. they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving, right? But it's yep. like, instead of just being a pure comedy, it's like an action comedy, and it's wonderful. Like, it's so much fun. Again, don't really doesn't fit for this podcast, but, like, I loved it. I love it, and I really missed these movies that have, like, the playful banter of, like, a what about Bob? Yeah. And, like, this, like, introspection of, like, the two characters, like, sussing each other out. Because I think that some of the best parts of this movie are De Niro and Grodin, like, talking to each other and Grodin being like, why why don't you want to go see your family? And, like, we should really stop off and see your ex-wife. And yeah. it's like, no, dude, he's, he's like your fucking bounty hunter that's, like... <laughs> arresting you and you're like we should really go visit your ex-wife like you seem like you're kind of tense about this like and what i love about this like in a similar but not exactly the same way but in a similar way is that like it feels like certain characters are in a comedy and other people so like yes, at one yes, point yes. there's the fbi agent who like arrests or almost arrests de niro right and de niro winds up or he like he roughs de niro up or whatever he wants to question him and de niro winds up with the guy's badge right yeah so he's on a plane to new york and he takes a picture of himself and he glues it over the badge and he shows the kid next to him. The kid's like, you know, like this like six-year-old kid. She's like, yeah, it looks good to me. And so he just got this badge all movie. At one point, we are in like a police station somewhere and they're like, yeah, he's got his, you know, Agent Mosley badge. Like, you know, we heard 
reports that Agent Mosley was there, Agent Mosley, the, the FBI agent who lost his badge, is like this, like, you know, all business, no nonsense, just mean, yeah, great at his job FBI agent. And he's just like, like, basically like, oh, we know where he is. And this guy next to him just like, oh, so I guess he's got your credentials. And he just like turns and looks like, you fucking think? Like, what? Like, who? Duh. Yeah, of course he does. But yeah. just like, I love that there's like, the humor is blended in so well that this guy is like, he's basically in a, he's a, comic character and the fbi agent is just like i I can't i can't i'm getting too old for this shit basically i can't deal with this it just it's so beautifully blended i think the comedy and the actual it's not the best action movie of all time but there's good action there's good car chases and the blend of both is really good yeah i like this movie a lot yeah it made me laugh it made me laugh more than i thought it would and um rachel really enjoyed it too depending on the movie that we're watching sometimes you watch you know while you're doing other things or watch at work or whatever and i was like no this is one that like you should want to enjoy it's kind of you know you I, quirky, I didn't warn you for the Italian job, really, but it's like it's yeah. you know one the one to sit on the couch and like actually savor because like it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely, I I agree. Also, if you want to watch this, it is available on Cinemax Max Go. I will plug another Whoa. very tiny streaming thing. I think you could probably get it for like a seven day trial on Prime if you want to do it and like cancel it immediately and watch it. But it's worth like if you have to pay a couple bucks to rent it or whatever. Like it's a lot of fun. We talk about how high the stakes have gotten in Fast and the Furious. Yep. You know what I wish we had more of in Fast and the Furious right now and we never really got is a lot of pickpocketing. Hmm. Like, do we ever get a pickpocket in Fast and the Furious? Well, we kind of get a reverse pickpocket where, like, what? Uh, they get the handprint on Giselle's butt. Like, that's in and that's, the a, same that's, what, family. that's what I thought. That's, like, as close as you can get. It does feel like if we had a pickpocket, it would be Han and or Giselle, right? Yeah, but, like, we don't even see, like, one where, like, we got his badge. Even, like, Twinkie. Right, to be like, ha ha ha, look what I got. You know what I mean? Like, we needed this. I feel, I feel like there might be something obvious that we're missing, but I can't think of any right now, and I do I feel can't. like it's kind of low-level. What was the movie? I think it was the movie that I was watching. Oh, it was Jack Reacher 2, where Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders team up with this girl that, like, Tom Cruise is told is his daughter, and they travel down to New Orleans to get this guy back, and, like, it turns out that, like, everybody in the movie and everybody in the city is, like, an A-plus pickpocket, because, like, they're all, like, oh, there's a mark, there's a mark, and they're all, like, picking each other's pockets, and, like, <laughs> this is too much. Like, why is everybody good at this? Like, it feels yeah. like don't don't do this but on the other hand like it's here it's like it, it feels like in some movie in the first movie or whatever like leon to your point leon yes. or vince or somebody bumps brian gets his real wallet and it's like brian o'connor like that's not like who the fuck is this guy right like it yep. feels like you could have done that too but i don't know no we don't though you know we've been clamoring for this like we don't get any like real low level crimes anymore and like right. that's one that i'm like why not man just like pickpocketing like it would be so useful in so many of these movies like even like hobbs and shaw right like if like shaw would have like stolen something from Hobbs it's like oh this is his like something to get in some anything it does feel like it, when they're at the airport right and also by the way airports so wildly different in 1988 oh God, I like know. just just smoking at the counter they're like smoking yep. or non-smoking he's like what do you think take a guess and then like he just basically pulls I know it's a movie but he like pulls out a pistol basically in front of the employee also by the way that employee behind the counter there is the director that's Martin Brest which oh is that's cool. cool but he like pulls out a gun and like there's just like this whole like showdown like the shootout essentially in the airport and like it's just chaos it's like oh yeah pre-9-11 wildly different time yeah we could have done whatever we wanted every time i see an airport in a movie from like a long time ago i'm like what the fuck is happening here right we also don't have a lot of airports but like the reason i brought that up was because in hobbs and shaw when they all have the like hugh janus and everything like that yes, remember or, yeah, like, yeah, or yeah. mike hawksmall or whatever yeah like it feels like that could be a scene too where they have to get through security by like a bump and a lift or whatever but no nope Never do it. I do think that a lot of the police skills and traits that Brian picked up 
he almost learned from De Niro in this movie. Uh, so, this is something else I want to talk about. Definitively, De Niro is a good cop in this film. So, this, his character story, right, is that he was a good cop. He was a clean cop. Super and clean. FBI, and, and the mafia in Chicago. boss, played by Dennis Farina, who is amazing. He plays Jennifer Lopez's father in Out of Sight, which is a perfect movie and one of my all-time He's favorite movies. He's in Snatch. Movies. We just watched Snatch. I told you I watched Snatch with Rachel. He's the... Yep the jeweler in there yeah he's so good he's so good in this movie like he's got this like charm and he's funny and then like he flips the switch and he's just like the meanest Evil. motherfucker you'll ever want to cross and like yeah he's so good he was so good this guy rose to prominence in chicago and basically seemingly bought off the entire police force right and de yes. niro wouldn't take a payoff so he quit well he like pushed him out he he planted right. drugs on him he's like look you're either gonna go to jail you're gonna leave or you're just gonna take the payoff get on the payroll and let me do what i want and he's like right. well then i leave so and so he becomes a you know this kind of like it seems like that is also kind of the beginning of the end of his marriage because he gets to his ex-wife and whatever and like he just his life fell apart because he was an upstanding guy what that has led to is like all these kind of like small timey kind of small time crook things where he's like stealing cars and doing this and doing that and like yeah. letting criminal like at the by the end of the movie spoiler alert he lets Charles Grodin go it's like classic Brian move like you classic see, you know, Brian Stockholm Syndrome falls in love to a certain degree with his captor with you know with this with this prisoner yep. here you go and then that's when he gives him $300,000 in $1,000 bills. I was like, when did they go out of circulation? Because that seems it's, okay. it was crazy. That was the wildest thing to see in this movie. Okay, that's actually really funny. My father loves this movie, and my father also collects old money, and one of his like famous his favorite prized possessions is he has a thousand dollar bill and they were never in circulation they were used as like banknotes gotcha okay so like when a bank would transfer money to another bank like they would send thousand dollar bills so that you wouldn't have to have like racks of hundreds right it's like makes it a lot easier because charles Grodin has been wearing essentially like a belt like it's like a velcro thing that's kind of like a fanny pack but like it could basically be confused with like a belt right yep it's like say six loops or something and each loop is not thick it probably has like 10 or 15 bills i'm like this can't be a lot of money but each bill is a thousand dollars he's like yeah it's 300k in there i'm like what the like how okay sure yeah those are real yeah you can definitely do that it's funny now that they're like all the thousand dollar bills are now worth like fifteen hundred dollars i always tried to like when i was little i had like two dollar bills and i was like hey these are out of print dad you want to buy one for me for like three dollars he's like no i gave you that two dollar bill like why would i want to buy it back (laughs) always trying to wheel and deal squeezing your dad for a couple extra bucks I do feel like also in terms of the Brian De Niro thing, the Brian Go ahead. It almost feels like his skills and like the way that he handles police work almost feels like he started as a bounty hunter and then became a cop. Kind of the reverse, the inverse of De Niro. It just feels like he's got a lot of kind of like not dirty tricks, but like ways to get by without necessarily being within full jurisdiction of the law. I feel like that's a kind of a normal cop trait though there there are plenty of very good cops by the book good cops i'm not saying that cops are necessarily all bad but i feel like a lot of the times if you're so close to something you know how to play both ends of it i can see that like a lot of cops know kind of tricks like this i wouldn't put it past anyone to that is a cop to know which side of the laws they can be on in a lot of these situations yeah did has brian ever handcuffed himself to someone this is another thing i was thinking about too we never get 
Hobbs handcuffing himself to Dom or anyone. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why not? There is, hold on, there was a there was a bit of trivia. Where was it? So Charles Grodin has permanent scars resulting from the real handcuffs he had to wear for a great deal of the film. Even though they had rubber and plastic handcuffs, De Niro, ever the method actor, encouraged Grodin to wear the steel ones in most scenes. De Niro seems like kind of an asshole in that story. <laughs> I don't think it's an asshole. I think that he was trying to go for realism, like, so they didn't look fake, so that they didn't, like, feel fake to him, and for him to stay in character. But at the same time, like, he has permanent scars on his wrist now. That's horrible. Yeah. Damn, he bled for this movie. His blood, sweat, and Seriously. tears are in this movie. Do we have people wearing a wire at all in The Fast and Furious? Uh, no. But again, that's, that's, in, that's in the, that's, you know, it's a staple of the cop movie where it's like, you gotta wear a wire. Like, I mean, there's literally a TV show named The Wire, right? It's a different kind yeah. of wire, but it's the same kind of like surveillance, whatever. But it feels like, again, like could have been. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't get a wire. Do we even get like phone taps in Fast and Furious? I mean, we have God's Eye, which is kind of adjacent. It's yeah, like Yeah, but I mean like phone low, low level stuff. The family doesn't really use phones, right? Really? Oh, that's right, because they're always together, yeah. It does feel like phone tapping, they, they might have tapped like Carter Verone's phone, possibly. I think they mention wiretaps. I think even Tanner and Bilkins mention wiretaps, but I don't think that they talk to anybody on the phone, so it doesn't really matter. Maybe they tap, did they tap John, Johnny Tran's phone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I think so. If it's mentioned, if it's in there, it's not a key plot point. No, definitely not. It's more just like, hey, here's cop stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let's go get those taps. De Niro loves punching guys in the face. I was like, he's clearly a Brian because Brian, you know, punches Stasiak. And I was also thinking yeah. of just like, you know, classic bonk situations. Classic bonk situations. I was watching a Lifetime movie today. Right now they're running Fierce Women Wednesdays. We're recording on a Wednesday. This woman bonked a man with a vase with a tea kettle and she was doing straight face bonks like not side of the head bonks like she was hitting him like straight in the nose he never died and she she hit him with a shovel at the end there was three bonks in a row it was good it's pretty fierce speaking of bonks a full body bonk that I've never seen in a movie I don't think is (laughs) they do twice in this movie is the drive-by car door bonk I was oh god damn it I have this in my notes it's so cool I know and I'm surprised that we don't get that in Fast and the Furious 2 in literally anything oh I know when they're running toward there's a guy in a car driving driving toward a perp and like to knock him down they'll just open the car door into him yeah and so i think de niro does that in the beginning of the movie and then de niro gets it done to him by the other bounty hunter that joey pan sends to get him because he's like basically it's like you know robert de niro went rogue we need you to get him i'm gonna pay you a quarter of your, like you don't know i'm gonna pay you a quarter of what he's what i'm gonna yeah. pay, be paying him go take care of it and then so he does at the end he bonks De Niro with the car door. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, coming up at the end scene here, does Dom or Brian take one of trans guys in a motorcycle out with the car door? I can't remember if that's true or not, or if I'm just like like harboring it from this movie. Hmm. Do you remember? I mean, we'll find out soon. We'll find, we'll out, find soon. out soon. I feel like it could be that. It also it also feels like something. I don't know when it would have happened, but it also feels like something that Roman or Brian could have done in two. But I don't know that, that yeah. when that would have happened. They do use a car door. Remember, like, Roman's surfing on the car doors. So, like, that's oh, yeah, not the same thing, yeah. but they use a car door in a different way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, speaking of, so in the opening, you know, Wes wrote in about titular line guy. We do get the titular line in this movie. We do when he's when Pants is on the phone, right? He's like, it's an easy gig. It's a midnight run, for Christ's sake. Which I, I Googled, and it's just like when somebody leaves in the middle of the night. It's just like, I think they're, like, ill-prepared to be on the run, on the lamp, right? It's just like, I'm mm. getting out of here. Like, I'm just, I'm gone. Oh, yeah, he does it. No prep, no skills, no money. Like, he's just running. Which is true, because he catches him in five minutes. Yeah, I like that. So, one of my favorite parts was he catches 
catches him in five minutes, and he climbs through the bathroom window, and he's like, FBI, and it's like, that's not how this works. Like, he would have known, like, from the first, I would have been like, you're fucking kidding me. Like, no FBI comes through the bathroom window alone. No, he, he unlocks, he breaks in through the main door, and he sneaks upstairs, and the dog sees him and chases him into the bathroom, and so then he's hiding in the shower behind the glass shower door. Yeah. And he's like, get this dog out of here or I'll shoot the dog, and the wife gets the dog out of here, he's like, you're arrested. And so it is, it's just, it's weird. It's just like, oh, like, you're very clearly not an FBI agent. Yeah, he goes, I'm whatever, Arthur Mosby, Martha Mosley from the FBI, I'm here to take you in. It's like, no, you could have been like, like, I'm the bounty hunter. Like, it doesn't matter. You already got him, right? Like, you're like, I got a gun at him. I don't have any context for this, but I feel like one of the most realistic things about this movie is that when he's trying to buy the train ticket, <laughs> and he says to the woman, like, you know, Special Agent Jack Clark or whatever, and she's like, that's not what the badge says. She's like, do you want to you want me to call the cops or you want to pay me in cash? Like, it's like, she's seen way worse than this. She's like, people yeah, lie, like, liars, cheats, and yeah. thieves, right? And just like, I don't want any trouble. Just like, pay me or get out of here. Like, just what are you doing? But he does kind of fumble at first, and he's like, my name's like, Arthur. I mean, yeah. and I was like, oh man, like, why wouldn't you have reshot that? To not make him fumble it and to say Jack confidently? Yeah, I don't, it, felt, it felt out of character because he was so confident. He knew what is, he knew, like, he doesn't seem bad at his job. And no. I don't know why he's like stressed out there. I mean, I know that no the money. stresses are getting to him. Like, there's a deadline. He's got to get back by Friday at midnight. But it feels like a weird kind of convenient thing. But I, I did, like, again, made up for it by her reaction. Just like, guy, like, what are yep. you doing? Like, just I she agree. calls him out on his bullshit. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. Also, speaking of Friday by midnight, uh, De Niro is kind of the... Yes, say it. He, oh, he had the watch. He was always late. He used to have nothing but time. Oh. But now he's, you know, got to get there by Friday at midnight. Which reminded me a lot of Vanishing Point, right? Yeah. Got to get there I also Friday. do want to say there's a bit of trivia that the whole, like, backstory about him, like, the, the watch and, like, him tapping the watch and everything, apparently that was improvised by De Niro. Like, that wasn't in the script so i think it was kind of a cool you know character quirk character tick oh he just like made him constantly wind his watch and tap the watch i think so yeah that's what that's what imd <laughs> says at least what if they just gave him like a really shitty watch and then he just like wrote that last line in you know like he had like some like fake like costume jewelry watch and he keeps like what the fuck is this watch doing and he keeps like tapping it and then like eventually they get to the end he's like it's the first thing my ex-wife ever gave me and you're like whoa I never understood that whole, like, you know, my grandma gave me this watch because I was always half an hour late, and so she set it half an hour early, so I'd always be there on time. At some point, you're going to be like, you know, it's not like the only things in your life that revolve around time are, like, family functions. At some point, you're going to be like, oh, this watch is off, and even if you don't, like, change, you're either going to fix the watch, or, like, you're going to be like, oh, no, I actually have an extra half an hour. Isn't it you who has your car, like, clock, like, five minutes fast, and you're like, oh, but it's five minutes fast. I remember getting into someone's car... And I, I thought it was you, and you were like, I'm like, oh, dude, like, oh, shit, like, we're going to be a little bit there. And you're like, oh, no. Maybe. But the, like, I know, like, the only thing that I can think that I manually, like, I set incorrect is the clock by my TV. I want to make sure that's, like, a minute or two fast, because I want to make sure that, like, oh, it's 8 o'clock, like, my TV show is about to start. Like, now DVR doesn't mean anything, but, like, it used to be, like, oh, I want to make sure that, like, when it says 8 o'clock, I know I need to be done by, with, with whatever. Like, I need to stop playing the this video This is such a weird it. concept to me. Just fix your brain. This is the whole, like, universal time thing. Because I feel like when it's, like, oh, 7.59, I got time. It's, like, 8 o'clock, shit, I'm late. It's just, like, the whole... <laughs> Also, this is like Back to the Future. Like, oh, you know, I true. You lost the time. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm shit. I'm late. Yeah, I set all my clocks to exactly the precise time, which I think is how I do it now. I mean, also, almost all the clocks in my house are like A L E X A clocks or like bad or like you know synced to like the world clock or something. Digital. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't even set the clocks anymore. I still have like my stove, my microwave. I think like my microwave is like the clock that I use the most. Yeah, I mean, I have those, but I don't, I don't know that I need the clocks on those. Because, oh, like, and your phone. Yeah, your phone, right? 
Like, you can't set your phone five minutes ahead. And I have the Apple Watch on my wrist. Like, I don't need to know. Like, I don't need the stove to have a time. I mean, it does. I don't need it anymore because I always have at yeah. least one clock on me. Yep. Two things in this that made me think of other things. At one point, they keep saying in this movie, you son of a bitch. And I was just thinking, because I messaged you last night, because I'm catching up. I only have two more episodes of Rick and Morty. I'm almost yep. caught up. The episode, the heist, one flew over the crew, coos Morty, when they're just like, you son of a bitch, I'm, I'm in. in. And like, I watched that, and then I watched this. I'm like, there's a lot of sons of bitches tonight. They're all over the place. <laughs> I didn't connect it. I you, you told me you were watching the Rick and Morty, and I was like, oh, that's like that's a really classic line. I messaged you when I was watching that episode, and then I watched the movie, and I was just yeah. like, oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, and I didn't get it until now. But yes, watching this movie, it was like, you son of a bitch, like all over the place. I feel like we don't say son of a bitch uh, as much anymore. It's just bitches. You're just bitches. We cut it. I think people, and again, this is getting into semantics that like we probably shouldn't even go down this rabbit hole, but I feel like bitches is like condescending and kind of sexist, but I feel like son of a bitch is like, S-O-B's. son of a bitch, I'm in. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Did you watch McMillions? I don't remember. Yes, I did. In one diner scene when they're eating and they have like the 53 cent coffee, the 53 cent tea, right before they're going to get the wire from the Western Union, right? Yep. And Dana is drinking his coffee and he pours so much sugar in. And like, I think a lot oh, of characters in a lot it. of movies. Okay. It's a crazy amount of sugar for a cup of coffee, but it's not, like, egregious. If you'll remember, the thing that I will remember most about McMillions is they go to a drive-thru, and they both order coffee, 10 cream, 5 sugar. And I was like, what kind of monster... I, I drink coffee black. Like, I only drink iced coffee, and I only drink it black. Like, that's... That's funny. So, like, 10 cream, 5 sugar is a crazy, crazy order. It's funny you said this, because I think you've said it before, and I didn't think about it. Rachel has never tried Coffee Mate original flavor, okay? Really? What, what has she had? She's had, like, the French vanilla or, like, the hazelnut and stuff like okay. that. I'm like, but have you ever had, like, just Coffee Mate? And she was like, no. And I was like whoa okay so <laughs> we went and bought coffee mate when we were at the store on like last thursday because i was like i wanted her just to try it because i'm like it's not cream flavored like it has its own distinct flavor like even for the original right have you ever had it i've never had coffee mate no okay oh god damn it you too like i only started drinking coffee like maybe two years ago and i, I still know. don't drink it a lot and i only drink black coffee that's fair i like black coffee but if you're drinking hot coffee and like you have like the coffee mate powdered creamer you just have to try it because it's it's its own flavor flavor. It's like a flavor that doesn't exist in the universe, right? Like it's like it kind of tastes like cream, but it also tastes like milk sugars for some reason. It's like just weird. It's it's just not natural. I got it for her and like I made, you know, I made coffee this weekend. She tried it and she was like, "Oh, yes, this is very different and interesting." And I was saying like, "Oh, I love th- like I love coffee mate, but I usually and she's like, "But you usually drink your coffee black." And I was thinking, "Yes, I always drink hot coffee black, but if I drink iced coffee, I always put cream in it." And that's funny, which is, like, the opposite of you. You're, like, you only like iced coffee, and you like it black. I always like cream in my iced coffee. One of the things I remember most about Weeds, and I feel like I've been wanting to rewatch at least the first three seasons it. of Weeds. Yeah. Nancy Botwin, Mary Louise Parker, is always sipping on, like, a very, very, very heavily creamed and sugared iced coffee from, like, Dunkin' or something. Just, like, she always has an iced coffee. And, like, that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, I guess this is the thing that, like, people do. Like, I, I just, Some you know. Some people do, yeah. Because my parents never did, so, like, it, never, it was never in my world. You know what I mean? So. I mean, my grandma drank nothing but black coffee all like i've never seen the woman drink a cup of water like she drank nothing but black coffee all day every day that was it like no booze no water just black coffee there is one of my all-time favorite movie interactions in this okay do you you know is there a certain moment a certain comedic exchange 
that you can think of. If I had a guess, it would have been when they're on the train eating. No, I like that. Okay. Where you're just like, why do you do that? Like the cognitive dissonance or whatever? Yeah, he's like, he's like, you're doing something that's bad for you and you keep doing it. Why would you ever do that? And he's like, didn't you steal money from a mobster and like run away? And he's like, why would you ever do Point that? Point taken or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Understood. There's the scene where they go to that like dive bar. Yes. Rachel loved this scene too. Go ahead. And yes. they have like the litmus configuration. This is when Charles Grodin's just like, look, I got it. Like, let me, let me handle They're hungry. They're hungry. They have no money. Grodin's like, look, I can, I can get us a meal tonight. And he's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, come with me. Give me, you need to uncuff me. And he gives him the badge and he pretends he's the badge. And he's like, look, we got this whole scam going on. They're doing fraudulent. <laughs> $20 bills. He's like, use the pencil, like, don't touch it, put on a glove, whatever. And they do the litmus configuration where he's just like erasing the middle and like nothing's happening. No, but then he's not doing anything. They're like, who was the last guy who came in here? Would you describe exactly what the last man who passed the $20 bill to you looked like? 30, tall. About six feet tall? Six five. Dark brown hair. Light colored. Sounds like our man. That's him. We're going to have to take these bills for evidence. But it was just like everything swinging a miss. It's like basically, are you describing Brian? And it's yep. like Hobbs. It's like, oh, yeah, no, no that's, that's totally our guy. Yeah, exactly. I loved it. I really liked it. And I also, he's like, has any strange guys come in from out of town or in here? And he's like, no, nobody. And it's like, these are strange guys from out of town. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's the best part about it. They're like, no, we haven't seen anybody weird in here lately. He's like, okay, good. And it's like, <laughs> that's a really, really funny part of this. And it had a very, it had a very My Cousin Vinny kind of feel to it, right? Yeah. In a different way, but in a similar way, it reminded me of when he comes into the jail and he's like, you know, you owe me what? Like, he thinks he's like trying to fuck him in the jail. You should be bending over backwards for me. Yeah, exactly. This movie also has a couple things that we've been noticing over and over and over again in like, movies that we're watching. There's the cop chase through kind of the desert where all the cars eventually wind up crashing. That's right before De Niro gets bonked by the other bounty hunter. Yep. I don't think a cop car goes into water here, which is surprising, considering that they should've. jump into water. Yeah. They should have. But, like, all these cop cars are just, like, crashing one at a time, like, as they're all going over these, like, little cliffs, these little hills, and, like, they none of them land right. Right? And even like De Niro crashes his car into a tree and they have to get on foot. That's how they try to flag down this car and it winds up being the other bounty hunter. But I was like, oh, that's something we've seen where it's like the systematic takeout of like one cop car after another. Like that's gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. That's everything they're doing. It's just like one after another, slowly but surely. But there's also what we saw in... Dirty Mary Crazy Larry, at least, there's some helicopter action in this. I know. I was waiting to talk about this. There's also, in terms of Furious 7, Seven. Yep. there's an exploding helicopter there when is. De Niro shoots it, but like it, instead of shooting like a bag of grenades, he shoots the rear rotor, and then that like spins and just like explodes into a cliff in like an amazing explosion, like almost even better than the explosions we saw in the Italian job. One of the best helicopter explosions ever. I looked up at the screen when we were watching that part, and I said, Rachel, fuck helicopters. Anything that could be taken down with a couple gunshots to, like, one little piece of it, no way. Mm-mm, not for me. It seems like it shouldn't, like, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how helicopters work. It seems like it shouldn't do what it did. Yeah, the tail rotor keeps the, keeps the helicopter from spinning. It keeps it balance right yeah so like the top one lifts it up and the rear one keeps it going in one direction i was like oh shit did they just wipe out the mafia guys and it's like no we just hired like like the next scene like oh "Oh, yeah we hired them through a guy through kansas city or whatever so like you're clear i was like oh like it felt like it was like lower stakes like i I thought the mafia was in the helicopter it was like no it's just like helicopter assassins hired by the mafia i was like oh okay but i was glad that the mafia guys stuck around because that meant we had more dennis farina we got philip baker hall like it was just like this whole like continuation which was really cool yeah. Other than I think maybe all of them, which family member do you think would be the best bounty? 
bounty hunter? Because the answer could kind of be all of them, right? Because they all kind of could be. It could kind of be all of them, but my one true answer is Hobbs, is the yeah. real bounty hunter, right? Yeah. Like, for pure bounty hunterness, go get your guy. He's going to bring him in. It's Hobbs. Dom has a good shot, but he's also too morally ambiguous, right? I don't think that he's, like, as purely natural good as Hobbs is. I mean, I guess to that point, it's a similar kind of morally ambiguous or even more evil, but, like, the next movie we're going to watch, not Ronin on Friday, but the next movie we're watching, Fate of the Furious, they bring in Shaw because he found Dom. Like, he yes. found everybody, too. And he is on the other end of the spectrum from mm-hmm. Hobbs, but again, he's, like, one of the best you know, hunters in the world, right? Exactly. That's, I think Shaw's a good answer. I think in the order, it'd have to be Hobbs, then Shaw, then Brian, then Dom. But Dom needs a team, too. And I don't think Hobbs, Shaw, or Brian really need a team, especially Shaw. I would put ahead of Brian, I would put Giselle. Uh, I don't think we have enough evidence for it, but I wouldn't argue against it because, like, based on her skill set, yeah, she's probably way high up there. Because wasn't she, like, really high up in the Israeli military? Like, I feel like she just has the connections and the skills and the expertise. Driving abilities, yeah. So if we have, like, Hobbs, then Shaw, then, like, Brian and Giselle-ish, then Dom, and maybe even above Dom might be Han. And I think just, like, the chameleon, he could blend in anywhere, he could find whatever. Like, even separating out, like, the the Ramses and the Tejs and Chippers of the world, where they're, like, like, they can just find people via computer. I feel like if you need, like, a bloodhound to go out and find someone, someone who's off the grid, yep. I think Han is as qualified probably as Dom, maybe, maybe. I think so, too. I think so, too. That's fair. But also, the other answer is just, like, everybody. Everybody could do it. Yeah, and also God's Eye. I was talking if we didn't have God's Eye to, like, spy on every camera ever at this point. If you need to go get your guy, first person you call is Hops. Yeah, and then, for sure. And then Shaw, like, as a close second, but, like, he's on the wrong side of the law, so... I also feel like, and we we, all, we also don't know enough about her, but I feel like Hattie would probably, like, one more movie with Hattie and she would rocket up that list. Yeah, Madam M, too. The criminals that are, like, international kind of criminals, for sure, could go up that list. Brixton is a great call, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other notes, any other thoughts that you took, or you know, any other points you want to make about the movie before we do a couple of little bits of trivia? I love this movie... And I was taken out of it at one point. I Like I said, I had a little bit of a qualm with him saying like, oh, my name's Arthur, oh, I mean Jack, and messing right. up the name thing. But the part that really got me was this guy steals $15 million from the mob. He said that he was just a normal accountant in a normal accountant firm, didn't know that he was doing mob things. But they knew who he is. When he meets him, he goes, oh, you're the accountant. Like, you didn't know who the fuck your accountant was? How many accountants do you have that are, like, handling all of your dirty money? Like, you would have, like, one dirty accountant. I thought that that's what they were saying. Even if he was, like, a clean accountant, he, like, flipped at some point and was, like, the mob's accountant, right? But he's like, oh, you're the accountant? Like, you've never seen this man before? Who's touching your money? That's not how any of this works. Like, I can see, in a certain extent, like, it's it's all under the premise of, like, no loose ends right like it just you either need to have them firmly under your fingernail or like far enough removed that like you kind of don't know you know face in the dark doing arbitrary work i can kind of see either way but i do think that your point is fair like it's just it should be like oh you're like you know my best friend my cousin you know my my accountant or what right it just feels yeah oh you but he has and he has his lawyer with him all the time right right don't you think that like his accountant he would have like at least known who this guy was like if you're gonna trust him to handle your money to do dirty shit with you're gonna know who this accountant is and even if he's clean you're gonna go know who this guy is and be like 
either I didn't hear that line or it didn't bother me. And like, I don't know that it would on second. I mean, it might, I must not have heard it or I must not have paid attention. It's a mild it, thing, but, like, but I was just like, how are you going to pretend like this is the first time these two dudes met? And why did you need to say that when you could have been like, here we are again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it could have been yeah. anything else. It was just a dumb line. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Any other notes? No, I really enjoy when movies go through Grand Central. That was my last note. I always like it because we go through Grand Central. You've gone through Grand Central. I'm sure, right? Uh, once, no, twice. Oh, damn. Okay, so for R- us, it's very rare because, like, most of the time. Well, actually, no. Hold on, have I? Do I don't you know. Penn if I ever Station. Have. You have Penn Station. So, yeah, so Penn Station. But like, even though uh, know, okay. I was thinking when I took work trips down to DC, like that is all a seller from Penn Station. That's not from. I don't know that I've ever been to Grand Central. Oh, really? Because like that's how Rachel and I get home. It's like Grand Central to New Haven, like. Phew that line every time we go through grand central it's always funny to me that like i've been there quite a few like not every day but like i've been through it quite a few times now when i see it in a movie i'm always like huh that's funny like i've been right there like i know I know Grand Central. Interesting. Yeah, no, I don't know that I ever happened, which is crazy because, you know, I grew up basically an hour. Yeah. I've, most of my life, 31 of my, how old am I? 32? 30 of my 32 years, I've been within an hour of Grand Central and I've never been there. But yeah, I mean, I've seen it in movies a bunch, right? So Exactly. That's why it's cool to me because it's like, I didn't grow up near it, but then I started like having to actually use it. Right. And it's like the route to get home. Like, it's not like I choose to go there. It's like, it goes Grand Central to New Haven. So I think a lot of the, like, if you take a bus into the city, like there's a lot of... Like, when you go on, like, Amtrak or whatever, NJ Transit... No, those all like, go to Penn. The buses all they? go to Penn, yeah. Maybe. Grand Central's just trains, dude. Of. Okay. Then I don't know. I guess not. Weird. Also, I've never taken a bus into the city. Like, that's not, like, I've, a yeah. thing that I've done, but I was just trying to think, like, I feel like I've seen Grand Central on things, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all the buses leave from Penn, because that's how we get to where the... Jets and Giants play. Okay, makes sense. Because you take Grand Central, then you walk to Penn, and you catch the bus at Penn. Originally, Paramount Pictures owned the rights to this movie, and they wanted a big-name star to appear opposite De Niro to make like bring, bring more attention to it. Interesting. And so their idea was to change John Mardukas, the Duke, that's a Charles Grodin character, change him to a woman, and have it be played by Cher, given her recent box office success by the witches Eastwick, Suspect, Ugh. and Moonstruck. Which, yuck. by the way... No, 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 not yuck. Moonstruck, another perfect movie. Watch Moonstruck. It is the greatest movie. It's a top three Nicolas Cage movie. Cher is amazing. In I it. like Cher. I like Cher, and I like Cher as an actress. I'm just saying, like, some of the dynamic would be lost, but now that I'm thinking about it, Cher's charismatic. She could play this introspective character. My brain doesn't like it right now because I've never seen it. They said they wanted to cast her so they could have sexual overtones. No. But the director rejected the gender switch idea, so Paramount said you should give it to Robin Williams, who just came off oh. a big hit with Good Morning Vietnam. Robin Williams read and liked the script and agreed to audition, but in the meantime, Martin Brest auditioned the less famous Charles Grodin and liked his interactions with De Niro, and so he cast Grodin without auditioning Williams, and then Paramount was basically like, fuck this, we're out, and they sold it to Universal. Wow. That's a wild story. I mean, I think Robin Williams would have been great in this, but I think he would have been maybe a little too quirky. He could play grounded. He can play... Yeah. When he plays grounded, I think he... Or when he played grounded, I think he was really interesting, but I feel like I don't need him doing voices in this movie. Nope. Yeah, I don't need goofy voices in this movie. Exactly. Because I think Charles idea. Grodin kind of as the, the the straight man, the compat... Like, because not that De Niro is like the funny guy. Like, they're both kind of a different version of the straight man, but like him playing the compassion, it's just like... I'm just an accountant. Like, I know that I, I'm, a, I'm a criminal, but like, I'm not a bad guy or whatever. And, and he's, I feel he's like... trying to do more. He's ultimately trying to do morally good, right? Right. 
So De Niro, after he did The Untouchables, he wanted to do a more of a comedy type thing. Coincidentally for me and Mike, for Hanks for the Memories, our Tom Hanks podcast, he wanted to play the lead in Penny Marshall's Big, the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. But the studio didn't want De Niro to play that role. He was then offered this movie, which he liked and agreed to make. So I just think of a weird kind of sliding doors. Like instead of this, he He would have been in Big. big? But I think like Tom Hanks is like... That's He's one of his like, most iconic roles, yeah. So De Niro looks young here, but part of the charm of Big is that Tom Hanks has such a baby face in the movie, right? right? I also think, I was thinking about that, because I was like, De Niro does look so young, but I think it's only because he's still acting and he just looks so old now, especially uh, yes. like in The Irishman, right? Where oh, he's yeah. aged up and aged down. It's like, oh no, he's an old man. He's 80 or whatever, right? Like he he's, is, yeah. he's an old dude. And here he's like 45 or whatever, right? And like he, yeah. he's not young. But he's not old. Like, that's basically, it just, you know, just, it, it evens out. It's weird, man. So this is kind of funny. So in his autobiography, Charles Grodin wrote that De Niro prepared for this role by going on actual drug busts with detectives. He befriended an L.A. homicide detective who kept him regularly informed on the murder rate and traveled wow. to Chicago to work with police there. Meanwhile, Charles Grodin just called his business manager once ask how they transfer millions of dollars if they embezzled it. He's just like, I got it. And De Niro's like, I did all this work, you know, I'm you know, I'm making sure I'm a real copy. He's it. like, yeah. how would you embezzle fifteen million dollars? Cool, okay, got it. And like that's all the, that's all the backstory I need. That's all I need, man. And then the only other trivia, and this is also kind of crazy, so that the train scene in Arizona when they're on the train, I think this is when they jump off, right? Because they, yes. they know that they're going to stop at wherever. He throws them off, and he goes, yes. there's stops. That's why we have, because so people can get off of the train. We don't yeah. usually jump off the train. Yeah. So when they were filming the train scene there, they actually prevented a real-life kidnapping. There were attempted kidnappers trying to kidnap a young woman from a coffee shop in Flagstaff, and then a dozen or so cop cars, quote-unquote cop cars, that were just driven by extras, drove down the street, and they got scared. And they ran off. They threw down the girl oh, and God. fled the scene of the attempted kidnapping. So, oh, can God. you imagine, like, the most terrifying moment of your life? Like, you're about to get kidnapped, you know, held for ransom or any number of, like, terrible things running through your mind. Yes. And you're saved because they're shooting a movie? <laughs> Robert De Niro saved your kidnapping? There's a documentary that was made, like, a short documentary. I don't remember what it's called, but there was that guy who was convicted of murder, not convicted of murder, he was accused of murder. I remember and this, like, and he said the baseball no, game. No, I wasn't there. And yeah, the baseball game, and he was in, like, three frames of one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, like, you see a, a scene where, like, Larry David is walking up the steps, and he's walking down the steps with his kid. Yeah. And, like, there, that's him. And so, like, because of this, they were able to, like, exonerate this, this guy. guy. Yeah. But, like, it's just so weird how, like, sometimes movies, like, I think movies get, like, this rap for, like, or video games, too. It's like oh, they caused this kid to shoot up his school or whatever, you know, just like all these terrible things. But it's like, on the other hand, it's like, hey, sometimes movies stop crimes too. It's just like, Maybe. yeah, they're, you know, they're in the defense too. That's really cool. That's a really cool it's story. Weird. I'm going to yeah. tell my dad that one tomorrow. He'll be really excited to hear that. I'm sure cool. he doesn't know it because he doesn't <laughs> have a computer. So he does not reading IMDb facts about his favorite movie. And like I said, there is almost literally every actor who was an actor in the 80s was considered for one of these two roles so if you want to just see like but i mean just like think of an actor like yeah that they were considered for one of these parts so but i think de niro's great in this movie i think he's you know he's got the so action good. chops the comedy chops he's believable here i like it yeah he is like you said he plays um the straight man well but he's also comedic like he's great in this one i really like yeah. it well let's hope that he's great in the next one too a movie that i have not i have not seen ronan have you seen ronan i've i've not seen ronan 
So what we are what we are led to believe I maybe is know that the this car chase scene. I maybe maybe know the car chase scene. Like I might have watched it with friends at some point, but I don't I don't remember. I want to say how difficult it was, relatively difficult it was to find a picture of a car from this movie God. for the art for this episode because if you google like Midnight Run, it's like all just pictures of them. Yeah. But like to have to find a picture is like how could I sell this to like the general public? Not that people who listen care, but just like why are they covering this movie? It's like, oh, there's a car. Okay, I understand. There is a car. There's one car in this movie. But like I was saying, there's like a station wagon, and then there's the you know the car that the other bounty hunter drives, and there's the cop car that they drive for a little bit. And it's funny, because like, I was talking to my dad, and I said to him, like, oh, we're doing classic car movies. He's like, are you doing Midnight Run? And I was like, what? So I don't know how they all equate this to a car movie. Maybe we just saw car movies with like very long, ch- or like very deep car movies. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that I watched this. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's fun. It was a lot of fun. I'll admit to a little bit of not bias bias is the wrong word but like when we looked at a list of like these 30 classic car movies or whatever i like looked on my letterbox list to see like a which movies are rated highly because they're probably going to be better but yeah. b like which ones i had marked before that i wanted to see and i was just like oh these like these are probably like better ones like there's some that like like i'd never heard of during mary crazy larry yep. before you yep. know tarantino two lane blacktop i didn't know before the patron pick like yep we just did more obscure ones but there were certain ones especially like once we went to two a week and we were looking for other things i was like well let me kind of do two birds with one stone find good movies that are on these lists but also totally ones fair. that i really wanted to see and this checked all those boxes but like it's not really a car movie but who cares who cares neither was my cousin Vinny or back to the future either so also i do want to say that this is kicking old school classic car movies one from 1988 and one from 2002 so whoops what i mean they're not classic car movies they're like 88's not classic i don't think yeah kind of Which i do want to think 2002 ronin's from 2002 oh okay whoops okay yeah i mean it's fine what who cares whatever again who cares there's no rules the only rules there's no rules i think we need to figure out because my lists of the two things don't make any sense is like what's our cutoff like when we do like a modern car movies versus another lap of these, should we say in the era of Fast and Furious, 2001 and beyond is new and yes. before 2001 is old? That feels fair, yeah. In the year of our Dom? In the <laughs> AD after Dom? Because like, what's weird is that I have like classic car movies is you know stuff from the 80s but then i have like days of thunder in modern car movies but that's only because i covered it for tom cruise and it feels more modern even though it's from 1990 and it's like that's not really much different right it's, it's still i don't know yeah i think it's like post 90s is like when it changes right yeah so i think the demarcation of 2001 both the new millennium but also just so it does th- <laughs> i think with our weird system which i think makes sense Movies from the year 2000, classic car movies, baby. Yeah, true. Any other thoughts about Midnight Run before we come back on Friday for Ronin? Um, no, if you guys want like a fun one to watch and you're just bored, I think this is a great fun movie to watch and you should check it out. I don't think it's like super hype. It's not one that like everybody talks about, so... Right. You know, you get to see early De Niro and you get to have like a fun movie with a good premise and it plays well. It's It feels quicker than two hours. It is two hours, but... It was good. I liked it. And I do think that, like, it's a, it's intentionally so rougher around the edges than Back to the Future. Like, I think the word fuck yes. is said something like 119 times in this movie. Like, there's, it's more adult, but I also do feel like, as long as, like, a little bit of violence and a little bit of action and a little bit of language or a lot of language or whatever doesn't offend you, it does feel like the kind of movie that could sort of make any kind of audience happy you know what i mean because it feels like it feels a very parental parental watching movie right there's like no sex there's it's just like 
mild violence. They just say it's fuck just, a it's lot. It's charming. Like, that's what I've learned. I mean, watching older movies, it's like, there was a charm to these kind of things. Like, before everything got, like, super slick and modern, which I still love, there was just something, like, kind of loose and, like, charming and just yep, weirdly wholesome. effortless. Yeah, not even, like, a different kind of feel to these. And I feel like this is kind of a great example of, like, a movie that people should see, but people kind of don't know about. Because, like, Midnight Run is a cool title, but, like, it doesn't explain what it is, no. right? It's just like a... Nothing like, even after Googling what it is, I don't know. So, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. If you're not already at the $10 tier and you want to get a pick in each mm-hmm. lap, as long as we're doing two movies per week, do that, $10 a month. That would be very cool of you. Be a lot cooler if you did. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen if you can. Email us family at cageclub.me and come back on Friday as we continue, as we wrap up Robert De Niro week with Ronin. Yes. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace, Peace out. out. You anus, anus. peacers. peacers.